Hello and welcome to House of Fire and Blood, the podcast where we ask, what if George R. R. Martin's Fire and Blood were told more like HBO's show, House of the Dragon? Hello everyone, my name is Caroline, my pronouns are she, her, and I'm here with Gretchen. Hi everyone, this is Gretchen, and I use they, them pronouns. And we are back for the, yeah. very, the, the very end, finally, of this long, like, what was this chapter, like 100 pages or something? Oh my gosh. It was so long. Uh, Magor is, we're finally done with Aegon's kids. Yep. Yep. So this is uh, the very end of um, the chapter, oh god, what's it called, Sons of the Dragon? Sons of the Dragon, um, yeah. So we're starting on the second full paragraph of page 94, beginning with King Magor himself departed King's Landing, and uh, going straight through to the end. Yep. All right. And it's all good. It's all good, happy, fun, Magor times. Yes. There's only a few deformed babies, and, um, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes uh, you have problems as Magor, the cruel. Right. Uh, sometimes so, you believe that your wife had an affair and you got to murder her whole family. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes that happens, okay? Uh-huh. It's, it, it, you know, it just happens. Right, um, right. Which is, we're diving right in for our high-level summary. That is literally, like, the first thing that happens in this session. That is. <laughs> so last time we talked about uh, what was done to Queen Alice. So Queen Alice had the first deformed baby in this section. We're introduced to, what, two more deformed babies, I think? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, not not uh, deformed babies, but the wrong way to describe it. Uh, she miscarried. Yes. And the miscarriage appeared deformed quote-unquote to the people um that was as we talked about in the previous section unclear exactly what happened but after magor is done doing bad bad things to alice herself he does bad bad things to the family the haraways yep. and he kills like everybody yep he like burns Hall again um murders all the family um even splits up all of the lands like mm-hmm. he appoints a new lord of Hall, but then is like but also i'm just gonna split up the lands mm-hmm. you know involved and like give some land to some other lords mm-hmm. so this is no longer like a consolidated power base and also just kind of spitting on the family so the haraways are no more all of them are dead because yeah, we went straight rings of castamere uh. yep yep because tiana accused alice of having an affair with like dozens of dudes this mm-hmm. is just super chill response so this is like one of like this is pretty high up on the list of like just a bad thing to do <laughs> We got yeah. some cruelty here. There's, there's yeah, some cruelty in this. Okay, okay. This is what, okay, I get it. He's getting a little cruel now. Look, a little, little touch of the madness. It's, you uh-huh. know. He um, just has a hard time regulating his emotions, okay? Listen. He does. He does. It's all that traumatic brain injury. This is the, I'm putting all my eggs in that basket. <laughs> um, and then his, and then Visenya dies, and we don't know why, and the maester just moves on. And I have thoughts, yeah. and we'll come back to them. But it was just like, oh, yeah, and Visenya's dead, and, or, and Magor Gave her a funeral and moving right along. Just not yep. even going to talk about that. Yeah, it's 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 absolutely insane. We'll, de- we'll definitely be talking more about Visenya. Uh, while Magor is away and after Visenya's death, our girl Alyssa, who's also... Queen Alyssa! An- Queen Alyssa, another smarty pants amongst us, uh, mm-hmm. grabs And for those kids. of you who don't remember, that was King Aenys's wife. So it's yes. Reyna and Jaehaerys and Alysanne's mom. Yes. And Viserys's mom. And Viserys's mom. So Reyna's the oldest... Then Viserys, then Jaehaerys and Alysanne. Yep, of the uh, living kids. 
Alyssa flees King's Landing um, with Jaehaerys and Alysanne. Mm-hmm. Or, I'm sorry, did she flee Dragonstone? I forget where she flees from. They're in Dragonstone, They're in Dragonstone, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because Viserys, who's, like, technically the heir, right, mm-hmm. um, is in King's Landing. Yep. So Alyssa flees Dragonstone with Jaehaerys and Alysanne, but Viserys is left behind. And um, takes Dark Sister. Yeah. She said, I'm taking your sword. So she Visenya's leaves. dead. I'm taking your sword. Yep. And she's out. And she gets away. Yep. Uh, Magor finally finishes his Magor fort. Finally, like, yep. he does some more building. He's still mm-hmm. just chipping away. Gotta get it done. And yep. he does. Congrats. Yep. So we have the what we would consider the modern Red Keep, red keep and castle mm-hmm. is all finished. Uh, Magor is also fighting the Faith Militant. Uh, continues which is just making everybody hate the shit out of him right so, it's a really good way to make the small folk small yeah. folk hate you is when you're like i declare war on your religion right exactly weirdly enough people don't like that uh-huh. um, and then the fe- the exciting part that i'm sure you and i are going to talk about ad nauseum is the three yeah. wives he gets three new, new wives, wives. three new ones he says his wife time but buy, buy three get one free <laughs> buy two, buy two, get one free. Buy two, get one free. Uh huh. <laughs> right. Uh, um, and those wives are our girl Reyna. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and what are the names? The other ones, Eleanor, Jane Westerling. Jane Westerling. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. And Eleanor. Eleanor Costain. Costain. My girl. Go. I love her. Yeah. She's my favorite. More than Reyna. I well, yeah. I mean. <laughs> Raynor is always the favorite, yeah. but Eleanor kind of comes in close. Yeah. So um, then two of the wives uh, get... Jane pr- has a miscarriage and dies. Mm-hmm. It's um, another one of the bad babies, another one of the, the yep. deformed fetuses. I believe Eleanor also is the is the other one who has a miscarriage, though she does not die. Right. So what happens is uh, Jane has a miscarriage, and then Tyanna... Uh, is uh, interrogated and mm-hmm. confesses to causing all of the miscarriages. And she said she did it with spooky, scary magic, including Alice's miscarriage, Jane's mm-hmm. miscarriage, and that um, Eleanor will miscarry. Yes. And within like a month or so, the same does in fact happen to Eleanor. Yep. And she gets a pretty gruesome death. Tiana, also, yes. Yes. Tiana yes. also dies terribly. Yeah. Eleanor's just chilling. Oh, but yeah, Eleanor's fine. Uh, there is a brief mention of Dorne. <laughs> yeah, I th- my note is Dorne is also here. Yeah. For those of you who are familiar with um, Project Voice Bend, um, mm-hmm. uh, Legend of Korra Project Voice Bend, mm-hmm. there's a point where Pema, who is Tenzin's wife and like never does anything in the story. So Project Voice Bend is like a, is like a joke um redubbing of legend of korra by a couple of dudes who just turn it all into jokes yes. and there's a point where pema says i am also here yes <laughs> um, because that's just kind of her role in the story she is also here yes so it's a running joke between my girlfriend and i whenever anything happens where one of us is like there but not really participating it's like i am also here so yeah dorn is also here <laughs> they're here, also here. They're, they're contributing <laughs> Just hanging out in the background. We have heard nothing about Dorn 
since 80s was king. They've just, I just feel like they've just been sitting there eating their popcorn and just going, what the fuck is happening? They're like, what? So like these, these, I, you know, I like this new season of the dragon show. It's good. Yeah. Ooh, it's good. Yeah. 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 Oh, more incest. Oh, what do you think of that? Uh. Oh, they're leaving <laughs> us alone too. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Looks like they've, they've turned their eye on the faith. Mm-hmm. I wonder, I mean, this is a tangent, uh, but like we, we theorized that Rainus was still in Dorne and that Aegon showed Anus that. I wonder if Anus told anyone else Ooh. that Rainus was still in Dorne. You know? Yeah. So yeah, maybe they've been leaving Dorne, al- Dorne alone because... Because they know that she's still Rainus there. Is there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Potentially. Um, then our girl Raina, uh runs away, ultimately escapes Flea's King's Landing with her daughters. Um, uh yeah, because Jaehaerys is proclaimed king. One of the Baratheons. Yeah. Rogar Baratheon is like, yo, Jaehaerys is the true king. Yeah, Fuck you know, you, Baratheon, Baratheons and Targaryens are always really tight. They just love each other for all of time and nothing bad ever happens between those houses. Yep, nope. Best, nope, bestest buds. They're bestest friends. So, uh, yeah, Jaehaerys gets... So Jaehaerys is Alyssa's younger son. Mm-hmm. At some point in time, Prince Viserys is killed also. Yes. In King's Landing. That's uh-huh. a pretty gruesome death. He was 15. Yep. That's a pretty gruesome death. He gets tortured to try to find out where his mom ran away to. Uh-huh. And he obviously didn't know. Right. And so they kill him and they, like, leave his body out in, like, the yard to, like, rot for a while. Yeah. Thinking uh, that Alyssa will come back and, like, claim her child. Yeah. It's it's pretty gnarly. It's pretty gross. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, Raina runs away. She's just like her mom. She runs away with her kids and steals Blackfire. Yep. She takes it out of the king's own scabbard while he slept. Yeah. Yes. Oh, we love her. We we need a TV show about Raina Targaryen. Oh my god. <laughs> she's such a main character. Come on. She's got that main character <sighs> energy. I want it. She's so good. Um. So yeah, this is the point at which like the momentum has shifted and Magor's reign is crumbling. <laughs> right. Exactly. And he spends all day and all night with his counselors figuring out what they're going to do. And then he sends his counselors away and he's sitting on the Iron Throne. And then big question mark. And then Eleanor comes in the next morning and he's dead on the throne, impaled by the Iron Throne with a sword through the back of his neck. Uh-huh. Uh, and his wrists are slit. Yep. And dead, dead, super dead. And Harry Gretchen, how, the most dead. How long was his reign? <laughs> six years and 66 days caroline <laughs> that means nothing just 666 it's so fine hardcore he was so <laughs> hardcore it was the most metal king metal. we both had notes about this and i like we both noticed we're like okay i see you martin what are you doing buddy <laughs> I love that detail. Like, you can see George R. Martin writing that, like, chuckling to himself as he did that. (laughs) Get it? Get it? Six, six, six. He's the devil. (laughs) Right, because that means nothing to the maester. That is entirely in there for the reader. Yes, yes. And also, who knows if it's true? Like, to the day? Yeah. To get it down to the day? Like, yeah, yeah. One of those where you're like, I mean, reins are fuzzy. They're so fuzzy. You right. can't tell exactly Especially how many. Especially when you're usurping somebody and, like, there's, like, co- coronations. Plus, they're, like, you were ruling before the coronation. I don't know. But I just right, I right. thought that was uh-huh. adorable. Just yep. adorable, Mr. Martin. We see you. Um, yeah. So, yeah. <sighs> uh, let's uh, let's peel back some biases. 
mm-hmm. here before we kind of get into what really happened. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, we have more like Magor being the worst, but this is the this is the primary section where I'm like, I mean, he kind of is though. Listen, He's pretty bad here. Listen, He's pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, but it's hard. It's hard to be king. Listen, uh- <laughs> it's, it's rough. His right. favorite wife. He might have killed Whoopsie Daisy by accident uh, when she didn't do anything wrong. Uh-huh. And, I mean, like, genuinely, that that could be, like, the the revelation. If, if Assuming Magor believes that Tyana was the one fucking with the pregnancies. Right. Uh, whether we believe that's another story. But assuming he believes that, that comes to the realization that he super, super murdered his favorite wife for no reason. Yep. Yep. So... That's that's some heavy shit. That's some real heavy shit. That's some um, really heavy shit. That's like you were so angry and illogical in that because you uh-huh. couldn't control yourself. You did this horrible thing when the and you did it with the person, uh-huh. like because they, they killed Alice, like Tiana and Megor killed her together. Like you were blind to the fact that you were being tricked, uh-huh. and now this person is dead because of you, and it's like no longer a justified murder. I mean. It's like some that's some that's some I go crazy and lose my mind kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Right, right. That and also at the same time, I don't believe that Magor said all these things. Like we've got more just like unsour- completely no. unsourced quotes that mm-hmm. like conveniently make Magor just look like an absolute psychopath. Mm-hmm. And those are the parts where I'm like, oh, you're just making shit up to make him. Yeah, seem there like are a- some great ones. So like like when Prince Viserys, when they're mm-hmm. gonna torture Prince Viserys. Uh, Maker says, chain him in a black cell and question him sharp, sharply, ask him where his mother's gone. And his guards are like, well, he might not know. And he says, then let him die. Uh-huh. Holy shit, dude, he's 15. And continues he- with, perhaps the bitch will turn up for his funeral. Yeah, I'm like, fuck? dude, he's 15. He's playing Minecraft with you on the weekend. Like, come right? on. What, like, what the hell? He says, uh-huh. like, all kinds of, quote unquote, says all kinds of stuff. Right, That's yeah. And this is one is like, the king answered famously. Like, how famously, Archmaester Gildane? Yeah. Everyone knows that, that he said, let the kid die. He, that, that Magor Targaryen said, fuck them kids. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like, just more outsourced, just quotes. I feel like sometimes that the maester just, like, makes up quotes so that he's not just, like, text- Walls of text that he's like, oh yeah, Yeah. um, and then some people said some shit because I don't just want to like have walls of text at you. There's there's some dialogue in here, I promise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a Wikipedia article, I promise. Yep. Nope. (laughs) Um. Oh, oh, this is the section where he kills all the workmen. I think we talked about it in the last episode, but it's in this section that he murders all the workmen, and we talked about it last episode. Oops, sorry. Um, it's fine. Some of these blur together. Yeah. Um, that these, two he, sections, these two sections especially are very intertwined. Right. That, so. like, he kills all the workmen. And we talked about how, like, that is probably true. It makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is also the part where he brings back all the skulls, which is, like, really hardcore. And, like, I don't know if I believe it, but I like it. I don't believe it because I don't think he was that cool. No. I don't think he was actually that hardcore. But I love that that the, the maesters, like, how do we make him seem spooky yeah. scary? Yeah, he can't scary. be a witch. He can't be a witch because he's a man, Mm-mm. but he can be a spooky, scary guy that has skulls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
piles of skulls. Skulls everywhere. Gets married on the bones and ash. And he, <laughs> he has the pile of skulls. He holds the heads. He puts things on spikes. Spooky, scary yep. man. Um, one other thing that I noticed, one other lens that I think we're going to want to start tracking whenever it pops up. We'll see this a lot more when we get into the house, the actual like fire, um, dance of the dragon section. Mm-hmm. But, um, we don't have mushroom yet because mm-hmm. mushroom's not born yet. But I yeah. think we can tell that Archmaester Gildane, um, he's got a penchant for some sexy rumors. He sure oh. does love sexy rumors. I mean, I love a good sexy rumor. What's wrong right. with a sexy rumor? Yeah. Right. And I I just think this will feed into our theory that, like, mushroom's probably not real. Yes. <laughs> my That is my favorite theory from this book. Yeah, that, like, yeah. mushroom's not a real thing. That's just Archmaester Gildane giving in to the sexiest rumors. If I could ask George R. R. Martin one question. I would ask him if mushroom is real or not. That is like, mm-hmm. I want to know if this is, if it's correct that mushroom is not real. Right. Right. Um, and I know that last time we also talked about the monster babies. I do think that like behind this is more of that lens of like the targs are magical. Like that the mm-hmm. more often that we see these kinds of like quote unquote monstrous miscarriages, whether it's like dragon babies or the non-dragon babies but like miscarriages where they're like oh it's they had a giant eye in the middle of their forehead and 10 arms Mm -hmm. that like (laughs) part of that is feeds into this like belief that the targs are magical so like if it if the if the targaryens are magical then even their miscarriages and stillbergs are like creepy Mm -hmm. kind of like unreal monstrous in a way that like no normal person would have like a miscarriage that looked like this only happens to targaryens because they're somehow magic well i think this we'll get into when we get later in the book but there's this concept of targaryen exceptionalism yes and part of that concept is that targaryens don't get sick like other people Uh which is just silly because we've seen like aegon the conqueror dies of like what is he like a stroke or something yes anus dies really young uh-huh. Missenia dies somehow we'll talk about it but like of old age and potentially um but like they have miscarriages like regular pe- i mean they're regular people they're right. just regular people they're just very white that doesn't make them special <laughs> right right their their children die in infancy that happened yeah. with um Visenya with yeah. uh Alyssa's queen Alyssa's last born child yeah um who died like very young in infancy, less than yeah. a year old. I can't remember it if it was one of those a few days after being born or a, a few Visenya. months. It was a Viella, I think. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah right. Yeah. Visenya yeah, yeah. is um, Rhaenyra's. Rhaenyra's. Yeah, miscarriage. miscarriage yeah. Um, but yeah, like their babies die in infancy like any other fam- any other person's babies die in infancy. Right. Because this is like medieval-esque environment. Right. They don't know about bacteria. Mm-hmm. But we can't say that they just have regular miscarriages because they're so special. They're magic. Right, they have mm. they have monster babies. They're magic, and also, so Magor is the worst, so he has he, the most monster babies. They're magic, so you have to let me fuck my sister. So, like, listen. <laughs> right, yes. That's it. That's it. Um, also, crazy. only boys can rule. This is a section where I, I in my notes, it is in all caps, because I got yes. so mad. I was so mad at Archmaester Kiltane. Mm-hmm. Where he has a point where he's like, Jaharis, the rightful heir by all the laws in the Seven Kingdom. And I was like, what laws? What laws? What laws, Archmaester Gildane? There are no inheritance laws in Westeros yet. That's something that Jaharis does when he's like 80 years old. Yes. There but are also, no laws. This is the section where Megor, after he marries Reyna, Reyna has the twins, um, Arya and, ooh, what's the second twin's name? Rayella. 
Rayella. Um, he names, Magor names Arya his heir until one of his wives produces him a son. Mm-hmm. So he actively names a female heir. Mm-hmm. No problem. No right. problem. Mm-hmm. In some ways, very progressive, Magor. Very yeah. progressive. Good job. Yeah. Good job, yeah. buddy. And that makes sense given the influence Visenya had on him. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he would have been probably, at this point in time, the person with the most knowledge and recognition of the fact that Visenya had ruled the Seven king- Kingdoms up until now. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know. So, you know. I think that's that's a point a point for him. Yep. But yeah, the the maester just like only boys can be kings. Only boys. Mm-hmm. Even yep. in this section is like, ah oh, yes, the real heir, the the last you know the next oldest Targaryen boy with the penis mm-hmm. is definitely the rightful heir by all of the non-existent, totally made up in my head laws about inheritance that definitely are real and not just don't exist yet. Yeah. But this is what I'm getting at, too, when I talk about when it comes to the dance. He mm-hmm. has to set this up so that by the time we get to the dance, it's obvious yes. that Rhaenyra yes. can't inherit. It has to be Aegon, uh-huh. you know? So I think that's definitely part of it, too. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, let's get let's uh, let's dive into this. Okay. So what really happened? Uh-huh. Okay, why so... Did, why did Magor overkill the Haraways? Why do we think? I think he's... I think it's a common. I think to understand Magor at this point, it's too it's too simplistic to be like he's just Magor the cruel. He's just evil, right? Like yep. that. We know that that's yep. not the situation. It's more complicated mm-hmm. than that. Um, we're dealing now with someone who, for 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 his entire reign, has not ruled over a united Westeros. Mm-hmm. There's been rebellions the entire time he's been in power. By a group that almost killed him. We talked about this in the last episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, the faith almost ended his life. Yep. You know, that's emotionally and mentally traumatic. Not to mention the fact that he did probably suffer a, like a, a very serious, like get brain damage from that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's six years later. So he's got to be. I forget if he was thirty when he came into the throne, or if he was thirty-five. No, Anus was thirty-five when he died. So. Magor would have been 30. So Magor's now in his late 30s mm-hmm. at this point. We're six-ish years out from traumatic brain injury. Yeah. Um, you know, he could be decompensating. He could mm-hmm. be getting more violent because of that. Right. And on top of the emotional and mental toll of having constantly the fear and the paranoia of people fighting against you, people rebelling against you, and not being accepted. And just constantly being told no when right. you just want to do, like, the regular ruling stuff that you feel entitled to because of the patriarchy and feudalism. Right. So I think that the overreaction, I would attribute it to the, the, that combination of things mm-hmm. and feeling very betrayed by Alice. And I think the fact yeah. that he, he overreacts so strong is evidence of how much he cared about Alice. And how much, how deep that betrayal felt. Right. Right. I mean, yeah, like the, like, if someone were to believe that she cheated on him, mm-hmm. whether or not, I guess I'll put it this way, whether or not she did, which like you and I don't believe she did. No, I don't think so. But someone like Megor, who we've described, who you've just described, if he really did believe that she did that, mm-hmm. like that's high treason. Yeah. 
like under patriarchy, which like, I'm not saying that's a good thing. That's actually really like a really shitty part about patriarchy is that like, if you're married to the king and you have sex with anyone who is not the king, you've committed high treason. Like we see this in A Song of Ice and Fire. That's the accusation mm-hmm. against Cersei. That's why Cersei has to do her walk of shame and is, you know, because she's accused. I mean, she actually did. Um, <laughs> she actually did have sex with, with several people who were not the king and also were her relatives. Mm-hmm. Um, and some that weren't her relatives, but like, that is under patriarchal feudalism. That is high treason. Mm-hmm. And if it is true, and if he believed, so again, I'm not going to say it's true. Like if he believed, A, that she was committing high treason with a bunch of dudes mm-hmm. and he was personally hurt by that, B, that it was done at the behest of her family. Because that's the other part that we didn't mention oh, that's right. yeah, last fa- episode was that Tyana was involved. Yeah. Yeah, that Tyana says like not only is she having, an, not only is she having sex with all these men, she went to her father about it. She went oh. to her dad and was like, hey, I'm having trouble getting pregnant. Um, find me some dudes to have sex with so that I can get pregnant. Mm-hmm. And that her dad provides it for her. And like that, again, not great. But that would explain the kind of like, I, I don't just need to like brutally do a violence against my wife who I think was cheating on me. But also her family colluded. But, like, yes. if you perceive this as, like, this is both high treason and personal injury, personal mm-hmm. betrayal, it's not just what Alice did. Her whole family is implicated. And the treason would have led to, potentially, like, if you believed it, would have led to uh, someone inheriting the throne who is not Targaryen. Right. Right. Not even a little bit. Right. And he is overreacting in the kinds of ways that, like, we have seen, like, in the direction of the kinds of ways we've seen Megor overreact before when it comes to betrayal. And overkill when he's like perceives betrayal and smells a potential power base. Mm-hmm. Then he has to root out any other potential threats to his power kind of entirely. Well, um, also for Megor, so in his reign, no other strategy has worked to prevent the betrayal. Mm-hmm. Right? Like he's tried other stuff. Yep. He's tried, like he tried doing trials for the faith. He tried sending out letters and being like, please just apologize and give me a ward. You know, like, he's tried doing other things and nothing else has worked. The only thing that's had any kind of modicum of influence has been violence. Mm-hmm. And by now, it's, like, his right. his go-to. Like, it's his one way to handle, uh, handle really anything. Right. And I also suspect, based on what we talked about last time with Tyana, that if she is poking at him to behave in more paranoid and cruel ways, this is precisely mm-hmm. something that would be really easy to convince Megor to do like it would not take a lot of effort to be like oh not only does does she have to get punished you have to punish his whole family and not just Mm -hmm. punish her whole family you gotta break up the power base there like Mm -hmm. I could absolutely see anyone who wants Megor to like be an asshole even more it would not take much to get him to do this Mm -hmm. um and no one there's no one on the other side to kind of prevent him from doing it. Mm-hmm. Once his mom dies, there's like no one to convince him to behave any less, mm-hmm. to behave more diplomatically. Well, Visenya dies after this uh-huh. happened, just sh- but shortly after. So that's what I was wondering is like, what? She was mentioned as like wasting away. Yeah. Um, so he destroyed And that we didn't talk about last time, but that was in our last section on page 92. Um when like um 
This is right before Alice gets pregnant. It says on Dragonstone, the Dowager Queen Visenya had grown thin and haggard, the flesh melting from her bones. Mm-hmm. So, like, seems like Visenya, something's happening with Visenya. She's getting real sick. Yeah. And yeah, so she, she's dead when he returns to King's Landing after fighting the Haraways. Right. So it's possible she wasn't really involved at that point if she was, mm-hmm. um, how old was she? Does it say how old she was when she died? No, but I would, she's probably what, how old was she when he was born? Do we know, remember? Um, well, I remember that Aegon the Conqueror was 65 when he died, right? And that's uh-huh. when Magor was, would have been 30 at that time. So, so she's probably 70s. She's like in her 70s. In her 70s, she's yeah. older, yeah. Uh-huh. So she lives a long time, good for her. Um, yeah, I mean, she, so I, in terms of influence over Magor, I think that's an interesting point, is that as she's getting weaker just from old age and can't help rule as much, he maybe starts to do things that are more violent. Because the the I mean not that Visenya wasn't a violent voice in the room or you know Visenya just wanted to burn Old Town so bad, uh, right. but I think she was a more she tempered him a lot of times. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I yes. So that's part of what I wanted to talk about this time because we brought up Tiana last time and I was mm-hmm. like, oh man, there's more interesting stuff about Tiana. Mm-hmm. It is interesting to me that once Visenya dies, like. We no longer see any of these like smart diplomatic decisions coming out of Magor. None yeah. of them. The last yep. time we see them is when he's treating with Old Town in the Faith, mm-hmm. um, where he is literally with Visenya. Visenya is with him, mm-hmm. and then she, I mean she leaves and he sticks around. But like mm-hmm. that is the last time we get like tempered, intelligent diplomatic decision making out of Magor, mm-hmm. and it is so deeply suspicious to me that as soon as Visenya is gone. We don't see any of that anymore. Like suddenly you, there's are no you suggesting that <laughs> are you suggesting that the smart political diplomatic decisions were being made by Visenya Targaryen. That is but she is a witch. She is 100%. a sorceress. She ensorcelled him to be <laughs> to be not violent. That's what happened. Right. Like I think <laughs> that we've got some circumstantial evidence that mm-hmm. points to the very strong possibility in my opinion that like all of Megor's most diplomatic decisions were actually done in conversation with Visenya because as soon as she dies we don't see any decision like that anymore mm-hmm. none of them but what's weird to me is like I, I completely agree what's weird to me is that he wouldn't have absorbed those lessons mm-hmm. you know and I wonder if that's an issue of the fact that he has the brain trauma yep and he right. can't like he he can't self regulate his emotions, but his mom was able to yep. calm him down and make him do stuff mm-hmm. the normal way. Right. I also think it points in the direction of potentially that um, if Visenya is like the the kind of uh, reigning in influence on his shoulder, the like okay, mm-hmm. let's do this, let's do this in a more diplomatic way. That I think that one could point to potentially Tiana being the kind of like no, no, let's do this in a more violent way. And we talked mm-hmm. about that last time, that, like, mm-hmm. the more that she takes a position of influence in his life, the more we start to see these more paranoid, violent, aggressive decisions. Mm-hmm. And some of that can be the TBI. And, like, it very likely would come from a place like that. But, like, we also just said, it would not take much from someone who is having trouble regulating their emotions, is having strong feelings, has violent impulses, for someone to be like, 
Yeah, yeah. Give in to that. Just do it. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, like, because if you're having paranoia and then yep. someone's like, oh, well, maybe that is true. Mm-hmm. This is like anytime I'm sick, I don't call my mom because if I call my mom and I say, uh, you know, I, I'm sick. I think I'm dying in some fashion. My mom's like, maybe you are. Maybe you should go to the hospital. It's yep. like, no, I'm fine. I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just a human. Uh, right. So it's like you don't call someone who's going to in, uh, inflate that or in, engage with that in a way where it promotes that in you. Right. So, yeah, I could totally see that. I mean, the other thing, too, is being in the position of power of being a king. There's a certain level of paranoia that is legit. Yep. Because there are people trying to kill you. There have been ma- people trying to kill Magor from day one. Mm-hmm. You know? So he's not wrong, you know, to be suspicious about that kind of thing. Right. It's just uh, maybe he sometimes overreacts a bit. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, this leads me to questions of, uh, do we think potentially Tyanna killed Visenya? Interesting. Um, no, because I think Tyanna was around for a long time by this mm-hmm. point. So, like, the question would be, like, why now? You know? If he I am already, thinking- if, if, so, like, so, like, let's, let's say Tyanna influenced him to go kill all of House Haraway. Mm-hmm. Like, he was gonna kill Alice, whatever. But then Tyanna was like, let's go, like, take out the whole house. And he did. He did that while Visenya was still alive. Yep. Um, so, like... But when he comes back, his mom is dead. Has died while he's gone. And it, yeah. it was... it was Part of what I was thinking about is, like, that, to me, seems kind of telling the, like, Visenya is wasting away. Mm-hmm. Like, and has been wasting away for, like, like a year or so. That um, also just happens to people when they get, like, cancer. You know. Right. Right. But, like, it could also be that, like, and so some of this also, I will say, is influenced by my theory that Tyanna is trying to bring about. The end is, of the Targaryens. The yeah. end of the Targaryens. Like, what better mm-hmm. way to do is to, like, you know, if she were to recognize. So, again, this, I am tinfoil hatting here. I'm just throwing yeah. out stuff. <laughs> but if this is what Tyanna is doing. If Tyanna is potentially trying to bring about the end of the Targaryens in the way that, like, Varys is trying to sow dissent, mm-hmm. um, for whatever reason, um, Visenya's in the way. Visenya's mm-hmm. a moderating influence mm-hmm. on Megor. You do not want Visenya around. Because Visenya's would fuck up all the plans. Because mm-hmm. she's the one who's giving Megor advice that moderates the, his, like, violent tendencies. Mm-hmm. Um... And what better, you know, what better way to, like, get her out of the way than to, like, you know, maybe a slow-wasting illness where, like, she can't be around as much and she's getting sick and no one's going to suspect because she's really old. And then, Mm -hmm. conveniently, when he goes, you know, on a violent campaign, like, she dies while he's gone and, like, "Mm." It's possible. I guess I, I guess I don't want Visenya to have died like that because I want my good girl to have lived Mm -hmm. as long as she could have. Right. Uh. I, it, the question I have is why now? Because uh-huh. there's been other times when Magor was away. I'm trying to think. Well, Visenya was I think it's because it's been page. ramping up. That, like, he's slowly yeah. getting more and more. The other question would be, other people might not think it's weird because, like, she's getting older or whatever. Mm-hmm. But Visenya might think it's weird. Mm-hmm. And we're told that Visenya is, like, a poison person. So she might recognize it in her like herself that mm-hmm. she's being poisoned right if she goes from one day being fine to 
I mean, maybe that's why it would be like slow and wasting because it would be like for like gradual. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's possible. There are definitely poisons within the Westeros universe that do that. Right. Would create um, like a wasting illness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's it's definitely possible. I'm not I'm not sure. Um, right. We've got some other options for people that Tiana could have killed. Um, well, I mean, the one thing is we know he no longer sleeps with Tiana. So you had thoughts about whether or not that's because of Alice. This is the section yeah. we brought that up yes. last time. Yes, yes. Um, I mean, it, it when when Alice came back with Tiana, it always kind of felt to me like Tiana was more for Alice than for Megor. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was just like really, you know, cool about it. Um, so I, I think that's kind of more evidence that like he, he mm-hmm. didn't like summon like a sexy pe- dark haired Pentoshi beauty for himself, right? Like right. that was like Alice's girlfriend. Uh-huh. But I think also after watching Tiana torture Alice, how do you engage romantically with a person like that? Oh my gosh, right? Afterwards, you know, mm-hmm. even like knowing that like you were like you were in concert with a woman, like you do this horrible thing with somebody and it taints that relationship forever. And I think this goes to the fact that like this whole like, oh, Megor the Cruel, like he was just an evil bat, like he was a bad seed kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I-, I think you could explain a lot of his behavior by understanding like the ways regular human emotion works. Right. And the fact that he's got like infinity power and can do this shift. Mm-hmm. So like the fact that he's not sleeping with Tiana anymore indicates to me, he doesn't like really treat her like a wife. Right. It indicates to me like they did this murder together. This like really personal, long murder together of this person whom to Megor he thought they both loved. And that's really traumatized him. Yep in a way that he can't handle and he can't be around Tiana as much. And mm-hmm. he certainly can't be with her in that way. So that's sort of how I interpreted like that little detail. I like that. I like that theory. Um, yeah. So I'm also wondering if, uh, speaking of people that Tiana could have killed, if, you, if you're trying to make someone go crazy and mm-hmm. mad and violent, people mm-hmm. around them start dying suddenly, mysteriously. Um, cause Cerise dies. It just says of a sudden ill. This is another one of those where like the, like the maester's like, she got a sudden illness. She died moving along. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Pause. Huh. Interesting that so many people around Magor just keep dying. Yeah. Like if you want to make someone feel paranoid and isolated, Mm -hmm. this is a really good way to do it hmm I mean, it's hard because it's like we get back to that thing if you hear Huff Prince it, it, Right. Not Huff Prince. If you hear like Huff not Prince, what's the Huff word? Beats. That makes, beats, there we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's probably a horse, not a zebra. Like people also just die. Right. It's a kind of the same conversation we had about Amy's. Like, yeah, yeah. sometimes. Right. People sometimes just people just die. die. What is it? I forget what it says about Cerise. Where is that? I'm trying to find it. It just says, um, so it's on bottom of page 95. It says, not long after the completion of the castle, Queen Cerise was stricken with a sudden illness and passed away. A rumor went around the court that her grace had given offense to oh, the king right, and they the blame. shrewish remark, so he commanded Sir Owen to remove her tongue. And as the tale went, like, the knife slipped and, oops, her throat was slit. And I'm like, okay, no. Like, that just feels like bullshit but to that's me. so interesting that they would blame magor yeah and not even think to blame tiana because yeah i mean i could i could see if she's trying to make him go crazy 
slowly taking out the people around him, isolating him, mm-hmm. you know? Not that he had, like, a service with any great love of his or anything like that, but, like, no, just to isolate him further and further. Right, and it makes it would make him more and more dependent on Tiana, is the right. thing. That, like, she's the only, and, she's now the only woman left in his life who can give him advice. And less and less likely to produce an heir. Yes. Yep. Because Tiana never gets pregnant. Yep. Nope. I, I, know, I know why Tiana never gets pregnant. She's taking moon tea. <laughs> right. That's it. Right. She's making sure. And that, um, okay, but like that, right, I feel like this section raises the question, um, as to whether or not Magor's actually barren. We've been talking about it like mm-hmm. he is, but like, in this span of both last chapter and this chapter, three women get pregnant. Mm-hmm. Like, pretty close together. Yeah. Like, within the span of a short period of time. And then all of them miscarry. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if he's actually barren, then they're all having affairs. <laughs> right. Or or it, it's possible that he's not barren, but just, like, has a very low sperm count. Right. Right. You know, that could be good. Because he's been having sex with Alice for years at this point. Mm-hmm. And this is her first pregnancy. Right. And Cer- uh, Cerise never gets pregnant? Cerise never gets pregnant. Yeah, Cerise never gets pregnant. Um, Tiana never gets pregnant. Right. But I, so, but I'm like, if if Tiana actually killed the babies, which is part of what this question is revolved right. around, is like, did Tiana uh, actually cause all the miscarriages? Is she also maybe preventing not just her own pregnancy? Because you were like, oh yeah, she's taking moon tea. Yeah. Is has she, she been preventing people's pregnancy? Has has she been doing a doing a civil spicer and slipping? yeah, and preventing Alice from getting pregnant up until this point where like. You know, there's a pregnancy, hooray, but, like, it's a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. Like, has she been manipulating the fertility? I mean, clearly not of Cerise because she wasn't around mm-hmm. um, when they were married. But it sounds like Magor and Cerise were really maybe that into each other. And there could be other reasons for why that happened. And, and it could be a combination that, like, he does have a low sperm count. And mm-hmm. also she's manipulating the fertility. Um, yeah. And it just seems so convenient to me that there are all these tragedies happening kind of start Mm -hmm. personal tragedies starting to happen one after the other after the other Mm -hmm. and magor just is getting worse with everyone that happens so it all makes sense as something tyana did if we could nail down a motive for why tyana would do those things Mm -hmm. and i just don't know that the text gives us enough Mm-mm. to like really substantiate something i mean it could right. be that because we don't know anything about her background Mm-mm. you know it could be that she was she's like an important person from somewhere in essos who is like not a witch but is um we know that she know, well she's supposedly a courtesan yeah but that she's she's knowledgeable about like medicine basically right there you know and which would appear like magic to the Westerosi because it's a Sosi medicine, right? Mm-hmm. And goes for the purpose of trying to end the Targaryen reign. Right. You know. Because the other parallel to bring in here is Miriam Asdor. Yeah. Yeah. Who is doing mm-hmm. the same kind of thing of like, though not for the Targaryens, but because it's called Drogo's son. Right. She wants to stop the the impending, the the birth of the 
the life of the impending cow that will mount the world or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Right. That, like... I mean, I feel like we can't know for certain exactly. You're right. That, like, the text doesn't give us any reason why Tiana would do it. Um, I don't know that we would need a specific reason. It -hmm. feels like something that could be inferred from a lot of things once you accept that, like, if you accept that this might be what's happening, then, like, Mm -hmm. well, what, why would someone want to bring down the end of the Targaryen reign? It's like, well, I mean, that's a good uh, reason. (laughs) I I wonder if there is a personal explanation, too. So, like, there's there's sort of, the explanation is either personal or political, mm-hmm. uh, as we've encountered before in this text. Um, right. I'm trying to, like, like spider web together in my brainsies, like, what else there could be besides that? Because I'm very mm-hmm. compelled by the idea that this is a big thing that she's doing to try to take them down. Right. And the question being why. Um, but I wonder if it's, like, if she, let's see, if she meets Alice and Pentos, and they, like, I don't know. I'm just spitballing. They, like, genuinely fall in love with each other. Mm-hmm. And then Alice is like, I can't stay here. I can't stay with you. Like, I have to go. Like, I'm married to this guy who's, like, kind of rough. Uh-huh. Uh, and then they go back. And if there's, like, some series of events where, like, Tyena ends up hating Magor because he's, like, cruel to Alice. But then Alice somehow betrays... Uh, betrays Tyena mm-hmm. in like some serious way and so Tyena decides to like more or less get back at both of them yeah you know right. kind of thing and so like if like if she had like a personal grudge against Magor that could also explain these things mm-hmm. but it's hard when you fold Alice into that because right how can she have both the personal gr- that powerful personal grudge against Alice and Magor simultaneously you know right yeah it's a, so that's why it's like my i get like a little lost in the sauce there it's like you could cobble it together it's cleaner if she has like a bigger political reason to be mm-hmm. doing this right um yeah and we and we don't know i just and i and there's no way we can i just i feel like there's the outline of something potentially there that i find really intriguing that like mm-hmm. Tyana is not just like a witch lady sorceress, but this really fascinating political actor who was mm-hmm. trying to bring about the end of the Targaryen dynasty and got like really, really close. So close. Got so close to just ending the whole thing. And mm-hmm. were it not for a couple of other people behaving in ways that she could not predict. Mm-hmm. And she couldn't control. And couldn't control, then she could have gotten there. And that's the story that I find really fascinating. Is not because I want her to be like a spooky, scary lady, like causing a bunch of miscarriages and like, you know, manipulating Magor, you know, for, you know, mm-hmm. with like her witchy wows. But because that's such an interesting potential political story about a woman who's like this really influential powerful political actor who mm-hmm. finds a way to get really close to ending the targaryens in a way that no one is able to get to again until varus yeah i wonder if even like her goal could have been simpler like the goal could have just been make sure this man has no children uh-huh right you know like the goal like it might have been like she might have been part of a larger conspiracy to try to bring down the targaryens and her role was make sure Magor has no legitimate heir right right you know, mm-hmm. and that was, like, her role in it. I do think it's, like, one wife miscarrying is, like, that happens. Two wives having miscarriages is, like, also, like, all right, that happens. Three. Mm-hmm. 
three as the guy starts, three heads has the suspicion. (laughs) (laughs) And it, and the text does mention that she confesses before she undergoes torture. Yeah. She just gives it up. She's like, oh, you don't have to touch me. Listen, this is what I did. Yeah. Yeah. And I find that really intriguing that like. If, it, if the information had been tortured out of her, I would have been like, I don't know. Like, as we established last time, torture is not a way to get reliable information. Yeah. But, like, it's like they were like, oh, well, we might torture you. And she's like, okay, you know, guess what? I I like, did it. It's like she knew this was a one-way trip. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, she, like, kind of like how, um, and Julia's pointed this out on Underbatch Book Snobbery, when we see Varys' room mm-hmm. where he sleeps in right. Castle. He's got like nothing. Yeah, it's empty. It's like, and so it, it's really indicative. Like he's on a mission. Like uh-huh. this is not like his home. Right. He's there. He's there like on assignment. So, I think maybe she went into this knowing like this is the doom for me. Mm-hmm. But I, but like this is a very important thing that needs to be done. Right. That that we stop this dynasty or this particular king or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Right. Because uh, that's true. It doesn't have to be ending the Targaryen dynasty. It could just be ending Maegor. Yeah. It and could just like, be about, why? like, and that could have developed over time. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have to have come to Westeros with the with the intent of doing this. Mm-hmm. It could have become a thing that she realized, like, oh, crap. Maybe we don't, maybe this, or maybe she was recruited somehow by someone who yeah. was like, let's get rid of Magor. He's not great. Um, yeah, or maybe he did enough mean things. Like, like, imagine, like, if Sansa with Joffrey, if Sansa had, like, the agency that Tyena had. Mm-hmm. Sansa would have done shit to Joffrey. Sansa was about to push him off a bridge, you know? <laughs> and he was just, like, mean. He would, like, mm-hmm. he, like, I mean, at that point, he had cut off her father's side. Okay, so that's fair. Right. Uh, but, you know, if you have the, if you're a person who is not normally cruel, uh, and you see someone who is, and you have the agency to stop them, right. I think most of us would consider it. Uh-huh. And so, like, it's possible, yeah, it's possible she just came with Alice and then kind of was observing what happened and realized, like, this is bad. Mm-hmm. This is bad, bad mojo. Right. One final thing I will say that is intriguing about Tiana, um, and the possibility that, like, she is goading Magor into more violent behavior. Because mm-hmm. um, we talked a little bit about how once Visenya dies, Magor's like, no holds barred, no smart decisions. <laughs> Yes. Only violence. He wakes up and chooses <laughs> violence every day. Yeah. <laughs> and that seems really suspicious. What is also suspicious is when Tyana dies, he doesn't know how to act. In what way? What do you mean? Um, so Tyana Oh, he gets like really oh okay. Yes, yes, go ahead. Yes. So Tyana's dead, brutally mm-hmm. murdered, um, after she confesses, you know, tortured and mur- you know, murdered after she confesses to killing all of the babies. Mm-hmm. Um and then Rogar Baratheon crowns Jaehaerys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reyna runs away with her kids. And then and it, it says, says... King Maker's response was sluggish and confused. Yes. Yeah. Which, like, both the TBI thing, because this is also one of the symptoms of TBI, is you get really confused and you have trouble thinking. But mm-hmm. also, he has no one to tell him what to do. There's no ladies to give There's him what, advice. Yeah. He doesn't know how to act anymore. Like, both mm-hmm. his mom, who was telling him to do the smart things, and potentially Tiana telling him to do the violent things, are gone. And suddenly he's faced with, with making a decision. He's like, what do I do? 
Which is so crazy to me because, like, in that part of the story, they're describing how he, like, gets his lords together and they're, like, sending ravens and they're like, oh, we only have, like, 4,000 troops or whatever. And, like, you have Balerion! You have Balerion! Right? Burn it! <laughs> Burn it! Just pick a starting point and burn go in a straight line and just like, go back and forth and just burn it. Just say, like, okay. Like, if you really, really want to be king mm-hmm. and you don't want to abdicate or whatever, then you just say, I have the biggest dragon. Right. I'm, uh, if this is how you guys, I'm, I'm turning this car around and we're going home. Right. I'm going to just destroy it all. Right. Just even destroy when, it all. Even when Rogar Baratheon's like, oh, the Magor has one dragon, but we have two. And I'm like, two baby dragons? Two babies. Two, two babies. babies. And even yeah. when you get Reyna, another like fairly baby dragon. None of these, these dragons are all like at most... I mean, they're, like, 15 years old, 20 years yeah. old, and Balerion's, like, how fucking old centuries? Yeah, yeah. Even three baby point. dragons against Balerion, like, I'm, like, like, seven out of ten Balerion wins. Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, the way he took care of Quicksilver, I yes. mean, who was about the same age, yeah, I mean, he mm-hmm. would have, no, there, there's no way. I mean, they're, they're just, and they're not experienced enough riders to, like, mm-hmm. tactically, you know, do anything. Right. Plus, not for nothing, Vagar is now available, and what Magor could have done is found another rider for Vagar, and then right they would have been super fucked. But like even Vagar aside, uh-huh. uh, you have Valerion. Yep. If you're in a position where literally the majority of Westeros is against you, but you want, you still want the Westeros to be yours. Mm-hmm. You gotta, you gotta, uh, like it's like an etch and sketch. Just shake it and start over. You know, just burn it all away. Uh-huh. And put new people in power, you know? Right, right. But yeah, he can't anymore. Yeah, he doesn't know how to think anymore. Yeah. Like, and that, like, that to me when I got there, this time I was reading it, when it was like, it's sluggish and confused, I was like, oh, that's so suspicious. That's so yeah. suspicious! Yeah. But like, suddenly he's starting to sound like Aenys and Aegon, who like, don't know what to do when they mm-hmm. don't have a wife to tell them what to do. Mm-hmm. There's like, I don't know, just wait and hope it turns out okay yep send some rape send, shoot a couple texts out and see if the boys will come around <laughs> do you want to talk here about how Magor died because we're already talking about Magor. yeah sure let's talk about how Magor died um i have no idea i really genuinely i know i say that about all these things when we come to uh what you don't think that the throne killed him the magical the magical gamer chair just like decided that he <laughs> the was the worst king him. and just attacked him what are you talking rejected. about caroline he was rejected by the gamer chair <laughs> the gamer chair was like no <laughs> the gamer chair said you haven't platinumed a single one of these games get out <laughs> it said no more among us for you <laughs> no more yeah uh-huh no, you've been larping among us too long you haven't been sitting in me long enough you've just been yeah. running around playing hide and seek you are I, no longer king. I mean, he's found dead impaled by the throne. Like, he's impaled on the throne. Okay. But the way it's described is that he has, like, slashes on his wrists. Uh-huh. The text attributes that to the throne. But that's not necessarily true. That could be anybody could have slashed him and then impaled him on the throne. Right. Okay, so let's go, uh, th- let's go through the different yeah. options first and then we can get through. Okay, so. Okay. There's the, the throne killed him. Which I feel like you and I can be like, he, he had a very unfortunate slip and fall accident. Yep. There was an accident. Um, mm-hmm. Suicide. Mm-hmm. He killed himself. Um, the King's Guard killed him. Acting in mm-hmm. concert, kind of like Jamie. But it would be, have to be either one King's Guard did it and the other one 
the others didn't stop him or more than one Kingsguard is involved because it says mm-hmm. that there were like four somewhere. There was like two there guards. Were just, there were just two outside. So there were two guards. Yeah. So they either do it together or one of them did it and the other one didn't care. Right. Um, there's uh, Eleanor Costain, one mm-hmm. of the wives. She's the one who found him dead. Yep. Um, there is... You you put in there, did Raina... Oh, Raina tried to kill the king. That's a different section. That's um, in the... Than the wedding night section. Um, and then, like, the text offers a, like, someone else in a secret passageway. Because we've, got, be all, we've got all these secret... We've got all these secret passageways. So, like, someone that we... That we don't know was in the room could have found a way into the throne room and killed him. Right. Which is basically that's just the maester of, going, like, I don't know. It could have been, been anyone. That's kind of thematic because, like, the passages were made by him because of the... And, like, he's paranoid and stuff like that. And someone... And it's so scary. Uh-huh. Someone came out of the wall and killed him. Yeah, yeah. Like, ooh. So yeah, I kind of love that image. So I th- is that what you lean towards, just for the symbolism of it, or do you no, have other thoughts? I, I don't know. I, I, if I was to adapt it, I'd want it to be Eleanor uh-huh. that pushed him onto it because we didn't talk about this, but Eleanor had like the roughest oh marriage my to Megor. Mm-hmm. So she was married. She had a husband. She had three children, one of whom she was still nursing, so like an infant. Yep. And Megor said, I want that one. And he arrests her husband, for tries treason. him for treason, executes him the same day, mm-hmm. sends her children away, including her infant. Because he and, found her nursing irksome. Yep. And, I mean, this woman had her her husband killed and her three children torn from her. If anybody has a good reason... To kill the shit out of this man. It's Eleanor Costain. Mm-hmm. And I I think, like, adaptationally, that's what I would go with. Because I just think it's visually so, fa- like, fantastic. Um, uh-huh. I mean, you could even do combinations of things. You could yep. do, like, you could do, like, Eleanor was in there. Because the text says she saw him the night before. She was the last person to see him alive. Yep. But, uh... Like, there were guards outside, and nobody heard, like, a murder occur or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, she wasn't, like, covered in blood or something, which, like, you would assume might happen. I mean, you could even have something, ooh, super spooky scary where, like, she's in the throne room with him and she sees someone come in through a secret passage. Like a hooded figure or something. Mm-hmm. And just leaves. You know, she could just, like, be complicit in it that way. Mm-hmm. Or it could have been, a, I don't think, I don't know that I would believe it's a bigger conspiracy because I feel like we would know more then. Right. Mm-hmm. Because, like, the Kingsguard, for example, like, we don't have a, a and then the Kingsguard was mysteriously pardoned by the next king, you know. I, mean, I guess we're not there yet. Maybe we'll get that kind of detail. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if you're the Kingslayer, you, you're going to tell the new king that you're the king slayer so that you get the benefits of having slain the previous king, mm-hmm. you know? But I don't know. I'm kind of all over the place about it. What do you think? Um, I definitely think that she's the one who impaled him in the throat at the very least. Okay. I totally believe that. Like, that's, if one, ex- but I'm, where I'm not sure is how he got the slashes on his wrist, because I think there are multiple ways to explain that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, when the maester's like, oh, maybe he committed suicide, I'm like, y- you don't impale yourself in the throat when you're committing suicide, though. That actually yeah. would be really hard to do. 
mm-hmm. to like throw yourself back on a spike with enough force that it goes through your entire throat because that means it has to sever your spine yeah sorry Ugh. for for the gross imagery people like yeah. but like he's impaled in the throat you mm-hmm. can't kill yourself that way um yeah i tend to agree you just can't so someone but i guess the, que- the someone is- impaled him yeah so like there is one one definite event that someone had a hand in and that is him being impaled mm-hmm. and potentially a second event that doesn't have to be relate maybe happened at the same time maybe didn't i feel like mm-hmm. someone definitely impaled him mm-hmm. i tend to think it was eleanor because i i like for the same reasons you do i like that story better mm-hmm. i think that that's a better story and also the maester would never really believe it because women can't have that kind of agency in Westeros. Right. Um, so I like the idea that they did it. There is a certain kind of compelling interest to it being the Kingsguard because then it parallels Jamie. Mm-hmm. Like having the Kingsguard rise up against a mad king. Mm-hmm. Um, but... And I guess I, I wonder when it comes to the risks, like regarding the, the Kingsguard. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but it just goes with the point you're just saying. We know Jamie killed Ares because Jamie does it with his sword. Right. But if somebody killed Magor, like say like they cut him on the arms and he bled he bled out, mm-hmm. and then they impale him on the throne. Right. They go, oh, the throne did it, you know? And it's not obvious right. that he was killed by someone else. Uh-huh. Right. Right. And that can be true whether it's Eleanor or the Kingsguard. Yeah. Um if Eleanor is involved, I think that the Kingsguard at the very least turned a blind eye. That when they say yeah. the Kingsguard heard nothing, I'm always like, did they though? Maybe they were having a really intense conversation about Among Us outside. Maybe yeah, they were like, did they, they hear nothing or were they like, well, he's pretty bad at this point. Like, I I am not, whatever's happening in there, whatever wet, you know, death sounding noises are <laughs> happening in there, I'm just gonna not deal with it because we've all agreed that Magord's gotta go. Mm-hmm. um so whether or, or not they, yeah maybe they thought it was um him abusing al uh not alice eleanor yep right you know um i could also see some combination of suicide and murder that like maybe he mm-hmm. cut himself maybe mm-hmm. cut his own arms because mm-hmm. i also am struggling to figure out like it would be hard to cut someone else's like wrists on the throne you have to like turn their arms down yeah, no, I feel like the the arm cuts are almost are either self-inflicted or defensive. Yes. So it's either like I'm like yeah, like I'm cutting my own wrist and bleeding out dramatically mm-hmm. on my throne or um I'm holding my arms up to block myself and I'm getting sword slashes. Right. You know. Right. The the thing about that is that the only injuries described are the arm slashes and the throat. We don't uh-huh. have another there's not like another sword stab. That was like, and he was poked through the stomach, you know? Right. Because, like, how do you, I mean, unless you're, like, if you're, like, a Kingsguard and you're, like, attacking him and you're, like, slashing and slashing and he's backing up and getting slashes on his arms to the, up to the, up the throne. Uh-huh. And then, like, what, you push him down on it and yep. maybe just get really lucky mm-hmm. that the, the one thing goes through his neck. I mean, that's possible. Right. Right. But it also could imply that the person attacking him did not have their own weapon. Yeah. Because otherwise they throne. might have attacked, you might see other... You know, which would point towards Eleanor. And that... Do you... Go ahead. Do you think Magor would kill himself? That's the part that, like, I don't believe he would. 
Yeah. Even as, you know, quote unquote confused and sluggish as he is, I don't think he would have killed himself, which is why I tend to rule out suicide. Um, I yeah. And I tend to think that, like, Eleanor probably did the whole thing. That because he was sluggish and confused and, like, maybe not all there, um, mm-hmm. and, or maybe even, like, I don't know how she would have done it, but I tend to think that Eleanor did it and that mm-hmm. the Kingsguard were at the very least turned turned a deaf ear to what was happening mm-hmm. um and allowed her so they would be implicated um in it but um you know because also if eleanor did it like you said she'd be covered in blood and someone would have to not notice that she's covered in blood right. so i feel like that that like if she did it which i'm i'm like 80 percent sure that it was eleanor that eleanor crustane killed him i'm and, about the same yeah and that if she did the, the Kingsguard, at the very least, had to both turn a deaf ear to what was happening and also say nothing about her exiting the throne room covered in blood. <laughs> Unless she knew of a secret passage. But it does say that, like, she left him that night. Yeah, they saw her leave. I mean, she could have, if she was smart, you know, if he was, like, cruel or whatever, like, maybe she, like, gets, like, a little, like, a little rag and, like, has, like, the blood and, like, holds it to her face and, like, leaves crying or whatever, like, mm-hmm. as if she was the one that was attacked. Right. You know, because they're never going to ask any questions about that. Mm-mm. You know. But she yeah, I tend to that. think that he was dead when she left that night. And then yeah. she conveniently discovers the body the next morning. And yeah. is like, oh no, the oh, king is no. dead. How did this happen? Oh, my husband. How will I go on? Mm-hmm. Right. And I agree with you that it is a lot about the fact that like she gets the most shafted in the in the marriage of the Black Brides. Yeah. Yeah, that, like, she absolutely Which does. we can talk a little bit more about that now, that, like, Magor, like, killed all of the husbands, pretty much. He killed Reyna's husband He killed battle. Aegon. He definitely got um, Eleanor's husband accused of treason, and Jane Westerling's husband died at the Battle at the God's Eye, when yeah. Aegon was fighting Magor. So, like, all three of these women have their husbands killed, if not directly, then indirectly, Mm-hmm. by Magor and yep. then all of them have to marry him and he basically takes he and Tiana at this point basically take all of their kids hostage yeah to use exactly. as like convince them to comply there's a great picture in the book for anybody who has the book there's a great illustration of the black brides oh, I'm trying yeah. to identify who's who in it so there's I think the one in the back on the right is Reyna because she's got blonde hair and I think Jane was described as having dark hair, so I think she would be the one on the left. So then the one in the middle who's crying would be Eleanor. I think Eleanor becomes a septa as well, which points to Eleanor being the one in the middle because oh, okay. she's holding a star, the seven-pointed yeah. star of the faith. And I think that her story is that she eventually becomes a septa. Mm-hmm. Like a like a mother superior type septa, I think, as well. Yeah. Um, but it's yeah, I agree picture. with you. Yeah, it's a really, really beautiful story. And I'm, like, kind of obsessed with their, with the three. So let's talk about the three, kind of three brides. The brides. I'm also obsessed with them. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, our our good boy, uh, our good boy, Magor, uh, once he's down to just Tyena, he's like, I probably should have some more brides. And his bros offer up, like, lots of different oh people. Oh, my God. Everybody. They're uh-huh. like, take take as many brides as you want, bud. Um yeah, like one of one this guy named Alton Butterwell is like, uh, I have a widowed sister. 
she's got seven kids you know mm-hmm. you should marry a woman who's got pro- you know quote unquote proven fertility right exactly because and it's definitely the woman that's the problem um <laughs> um and then the king's hand lord Keltigar's like i got two daughters they are 12 and 13 take both if you want you can have both <laughs> why not wow wows um and then lord and then valarion lord valarion is like um how about you marry your niece reyna yeah and magor says actually that's a really good idea mm-hmm. and what i find really interesting is that they say there's a couple times where they refer to reyna um saying stuff later yep oh it's at the top of page 99 uh they sent so he sends magor sends for reyna and um you know she knew there was no way to refuse that would just mean more death and stuff mm-hmm. so she goes and it says reyna never doubted that he would send for her she said afterwards it was just a question of when not if mm-hmm. so there's this thing happening now where, where reyna said afterwards so obviously it's implying reyna you know outlives him and we know that in this section um but reyna says shit later uh-huh. some of which i believe and some of which i do not yep this this i believe this yeah. is like the smart cookie like very politically savvy person looking at this scene is like yeah, if he's going to take another right wife, it's going to be me. That's right. uh, It's the right political decision to do that. Um, right, because this is, this is right after she is trying to hide her daughters. Yes, she takes her daughters who are little. So it's barely a year away. old. Yeah. And it says, it says she dyed their hair, and I, it's one of those times where I'm like, George, how much hair do you think babies have? <laughs> also is it a good idea to be dyeing the hair of an infant um yeah a one-year-old i mean also like all like lots of babies have like just light color hair like right it's not... yes there are tons of blonde babies around yeah yeah that's um, so funny i had but to yeah, thought of that uh she dyes their hair changes their names and sends them away and, and fosters them which is like again smart shit so, like, yeah. and that is also why I believe when she says um, she never doubted that this would happen, because her actions imply that she was expecting this. That, like, she's right. taking steps to protect her children, which, mm-hmm. to my mind, implies that she knows that they would be a target. Right. And that if she knows they're going to be a target, she knows that she's going to be a target. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, absolutely. And it is a smart political decision that had already been raised, in fact, that Reyna should marry Magor when she was a baby yep oh if we had just betrothed him to the infant we right, could have avoided yes. all these problems all of these problems would have been uh-huh. solved if he had just married the infant right um but yeah Sometimes like she's smart she children. knows that like she's the biggest currently the most big like she's the biggest threat to him politically so it makes sense to to marry her to like basically usurp any potential claim anyone who wanted to back reyna to like dethrone magor well now mm-hmm. she's she's married to him she's yeah. married to him you can't do that yeah. he's, right. exactly. he's essentially usurped any claim that she could potentially have to the throne by marrying her that's just smart mm-hmm. so it makes sense for her yeah. to predict that yeah and also while reyna is waiting she's at fair castle on fair isle mm-hmm. with, the, with the farmans yep um it says somewhere in here she became quite fond of their son andro <laughs> sure sure <laughs> Sarjan. <laughs> it's Andrew. Yep. Oh, yeah. I love that Andrew. Andrew Farman. It was great. So, yeah. Oh. So, he, he marries Reyna. 
He summons her. Um, and then there's Lady Jane of House Westerling. Um, mm-hmm. It says tall and slender with lustrous brown hair. Um, she was being, her husband um, had died with Prince Aegon at the battle beneath the God's Eye. Um, and she was being courted by a younger son of Casterly Rock. Um, and Magor sent for her. Was like, she's got kids. Um, she's proven fertility. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's take her. Um, also, he is marrying, like, he is marrying his enemies. Mm-hmm. You know, the Tarbex were aligned with Aegon. Aegon mm-hmm. the Uncrowned. Yeah. So he's doing a similar kind of thing with Jane Westerling as he did with Reyna, though she's not the heir to the throne. By marrying Jane Westerling, he essentially, like, gains, a hostage. gains the loyalty yeah. of all of, of, like, the Western lords. Because the yeah. Westerlings aren't going to rise up. Her, the Tarbex probably say, won't. I was going to say, it's unclear to me in the text why he picked her mm-hmm. and Eleanor as well. Yeah, But that makes sense. Yeah, I wasn't mm-hmm. sure. And then, what's with, uh, why does he pick Eleanor? So, yeah, it says, more troubling was the case of Eleanor of House Costain. Um, it says, a landed knight who had fought for the king in his last campaign against the poor fellows. So I think it probably has to do with any houses that were aligned with the faith militant. That it's once again marrying his enemies. That, like, her husband had been fighting with the faith militant. No, I think it's saying he was fighting against them. Oh, uh, for the king. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, Elena fought for the king in his last yep. campaign. Um, yeah, you're right. You're right about that. Yeah. Um, Which is what's, what this one is so strange to me. I think I think that's almost why it's particularly cruel, because up to this point, mm-hmm. they were loyal. Right. They were loyal, like a loyal family. Right, and yeah. And even that, lo- that loyalty was, was punished. Yeah, so that's not clear and probably has more to do with the fact that she's young and has already had three kids. Yeah. Because um, she's 19 and already has yep. three sons. Damn. She's 19 and has three sons. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, he, like, has her husband arrested, um, charged with conspiring to murder the king and place Jaehaerys on the throne, um, was found guilty. This also uh, is some very, like, David and Bathsheba shit, but without the romance. I don't know if you're familiar with that story from the Bible. No. Um, so it's a story where, like, King David sees a woman bathing on her rooftop. Mm-hmm. Um, and summons her and sleeps with How her. How dare she? Mm-hmm. Um, and she gets pregnant. And mm-hmm. her husband was away at war fighting for him while she would have gotten pregnant. And so the king's like, oh shit, um, send him to the front lines. And then he wow. orders, he orders her husband Uriah to the front lines to basically like be in the vanguard in this war that he's fighting. And then has the rest of the army pull back and Uriah is very understandably killed in battle and mm-hmm. then he marries Bathsheba. Oh shit. Yeah, yeah that is very that, much like, what this is. It's the same kind of story but twisted. Like there's no romance, there's no like she gets pregnant with the king's baby. Um mm-hmm. I don't even tend to think that that's a really romantic story that just strikes of patriarchy to me of like the king who was like not at war with all of his troops when probably he should have been was just like derping around the castle and was like oh pretty lady want to fuck her and then gets her pregnant and is like oh shit she's pregnant uh kill her husband now she's mine yeah like (laughs) it's a similar kind of story and i have wondered sometimes if martin wrote this as a kind of echo of that that like we don't have to have like an Mm in-universe reason why magor did this 
specifically to this family as much as it is like a like an echo of a biblical story where like he takes a like a family that is loyal to him has the husband killed so he can marry the wife mm-hmm. and have a and have and a child would've... with her it would have happened to some family, right? Because he was going to have three queens. He knew mm-hmm. one was Reina, but he was, the two were going to be somebody. So, yep. like, any story we're looking at, we'd be like, well, why would he do it, you know? Mm-hmm. And at this point, he does still have, I mean, I wonder if Tayena, I wonder if there was any even influence from Tayena to do that because it was, it's such a mean, nasty thing to do. Yeah. You know? Yeah, like, if someone was whispering in his ear and being like, well, she's had three babies. Yeah, you're Maybe the king. The you can one. you can do whatever you, you want. Have, yeah, you're the king. You can do it. You can have her. What's the problem? Uh huh. Like I'll find I'll find some. I'll see. I'll look into this Sir Theo and see what the situation is. And like, right. oh, turns out he's treasonous. Mm-hmm. You're like Magor might very well have genuinely believed right that this man was committing treason. Right. Yes. We don't. Yeah. Know? We don't. We don't know that he didn't believe it. And if he is as paranoid at this point as we've been kind of theorizing, like it wouldn't take much to be like. Oh, yeah, this dude totally wants to kill you and set up your nephew mm-hmm. on the throne. And I I think that someone would just have to say that and Magor would probably believe it. Yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree. Right. And this feels like the kind of situation that, again, kind of like with the overkill with the Haraways, is setting Magor, putting Magor in a position where he is, like, violating the feudalist pact between the king and the lords. Mm-hmm. Because you're not supposed to be able to just, like, destroy an entire house like that without right. without the lords being like, what the fuck? That's not how right. you, that's not how you be- treat us. Like, we're mm-hmm. your vassals, but, like, you also don't just get to murder us whenever you want. And mm-hmm. that this is another one of those situations where, like, feels like it could have been a spark for a rebellion if things mm-hmm. had gone slightly differently. That, like, treating your lords this way is a way to piss your lords off. Yeah. Well, and make them want the to social, fight you. Like, he's breaking the social contract. Yes. You know, he's saying it's it's almost like it's like a more advanced version of the right of the first night. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I have a right to take your wife. Yeah, right. And you can't do anything about it. Who wants that king? Nobody wants that king. Yeah, I have a right yeah. to kill you and take your wife if I want. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And that is not smart. And I have a feeling that if Visenya had been around for this, she would have been like, no, thank you. No, no, zero percent. No, you uh, cannot do that, Megor. But then Megor gets to have his triple wedding. I'm sure it was beautiful. I'm, I'm sure, sure he, there was he lots did of, a great job planning it. Yeah, I'm sure he had a lot of fun uh-huh. planning the wedding. Um, and you wanted to talk about what the different theories of what happened. The wedding oh, night. yeah. Okay, this so this is the this part is where the maester's like, <laughs> I love sexy rumors. Yes. Um, He's like, what if they had a foursome? Many queer and contradictory stories. Oh, um, and he doesn't, like, the maester, like, Gildane doesn't really get into any of these. He just throws them out here. So let's go mm-hmm. through. How likely are, do we think that these are to have happened? Mm-hmm. Did the Black Brides share a single bed, as some claimed? Did they have a foursome with the king? So, <laughs> Reyna is there. Uh-huh. Reyna might be down for that. <laughs> That's I mean, true. I don't think... I don't think any of them wanted to have sex with him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I no. think those are all like coercive slash sexual assault situations. So the question is, did he, did they participate with each other to any extent? And I mean, Rain is DTF. She's usually like, uh-huh. she'll manage. Right. And I think that uh, Magor wouldn't have minded because I think we, you and I agreed in one episode <laughs> that like he and Tiana and Alice probably had a thing going. Oh, definitely. So, like, we know they that Magor would be fine with multiple wi- with multiple women in bed with him. Yeah. 
Yeah. I don't know. They could have. They could have. I could see Raina being down. I don't. I don't know enough about the other women to know if they. Right. What they would do. I mean, they would do kind of whatever they were forced to. Right. So. Uh huh. Right. Right. I'm in the like. Four out of ten, likelihood. Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah. Maybe. But like. I don't want to say it definitely happened. And, like, I tend to think that, like, that's the kind of sexy rumor that, like, Gildane really likes. Yeah, exactly. And that a bunch of people, when you have a triple wedding, would speculate, like, well, what if they all... What if, like, the the abomination Targaryen king put them all in the same bed together? But then then the question becomes, like, that's not very, like, practical, right? Because, Mm -hmm. Because, like, if you want to consummate with everybody... I don't want to be mean to Magor, but, like, who knows how long he could manage that for. He consummated and his first marriage, like, 15 times in a single night, Caroline. How dare right, you? He was, he was a lusty lover, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, it's like, then he's got to, like, consummate, like, if they're all in the same room, like, at least if they're in separate rooms, he can, like, consummate one, like, rest. Uh-huh. And then, like, recharge. Right, right. Consummate the next, you know what I mean, like. That I also think that it would be more likely that they might be willing to try something if they were all mm-hmm. in bed together. Like, could Magor fend off three women at once if they all decided That's that they true. were done with it and That's weren't true. into it? Just seems like you'd want to keep them separated. And it doesn't that doesn't match with what Princess Raina says she yes. did later, right? But I, I don't also don't believe her. So, um, so yeah. Four out of ten. Three, four yeah. out of ten. Somewhere in the like, low probability range. The and the next one you already that, brought up. Yeah. Do you want to read the Grace it? Visit all, did the Grace visit all three women during the night and consummate all three unions? Perhaps. I agree. Perhaps. Yeah, perhaps. I find perhaps. this more likely than the other. Yeah, perhaps. He might have. Uh, did Princess Reyna attempt to kill the king with a dagger concealed beneath her pillows as she later claimed? No. <laughs> this no, is another one of as she later claimed yeah no she was bragging to somebody about this later she was like oh yeah that one time i was married to mega the cruel i tried to kill him with a dagger totally like, tried no. to kill him yeah she definitely was saying that to some chick who she was trying to beg oh no God. she did not yes absolutely. right that's what she was doing uh-huh um, totally bragging no because there's no way she would attempt to kill him and he wouldn't have her killed right there's no way right yeah i don't yeah i don't believe this yeah of eleanor of not of eleanor of of Reyna. So thus, um, did Eleanor Costain scratch the king's back to bloody ribbons as they coupled? No. No. I'm gonna go with a no. Right. They Unless know. she was acting in self-defense. Yeah, like, I mean, they, unless it was violent if it was meant to try to get him off of her or something like that. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. if this was, like, sexy times, then absolutely fucking not. But if this was meant to be, like, was she trying to defend herself, then, like, sure, mm-hmm. I could believe it of her. And, yeah. To me, this also points as the fact that this rumor is attached to Eleanor in particular. Mm-hmm. I feel like fits in line with our theory that Eleanor is the one who killed him. Oh, that, I like, see. Like she of all of the wives, mm-hmm. like she physically harmed him as soon as she could. Yeah, yeah, and she would yeah. have reason to because yeah. of what he like. He just utterly destroyed her life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So like, I feel like. Yes, but only in a certain way. Like, I'm in the, mm-hmm. like, if this happened, it was not sexy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It I was agree. in self-defense. I agree. 
Um, this next part's interesting. You want to read this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so did Jane Westerling drink the fertility potion that Queen Tiana supposedly brought her or throw it in the older woman's face? Was such a potion ever mixed or offered? Fertility potion. A fertility potion. Mm. A fertility potion. Mm. This fits in really well with your theory that, that Tiana was messing with all of them. I, I tend to agree. Uh-huh. This is more, more and more evidence for that. Yeah, and I tend to think that, like, it might have been offered. I don't know that I can speak about whether or not she drank it or threw it in the older woman's face. Mm-hmm. But, again, I feel like the fact that this rumor exists is potentially points to the fact that, like, Tiana is, like, doing some shit with the women's fertility. Right. Well, somebody saw potions of some kind going from Tiana to at least Jane, mm-hmm. you know? So. And interesting that it's Jane, given that there is another Jane Westerling in A Song of Ice and Fire, hey! who maybe, maybe not is getting oh. fertility slash infertility potions. Hey, wait a minute, George. <laughs> <laughs> it rhymes. Are, are you maybe copy-pasting from mm-hmm. yourself? <laughs> Are there maybe only so many ideas that you have? <laughs> right. Yep. I mean, God bless. He has a lot of them. So yeah, those those are the theories. Some are more likely than others. Yes. Um, but Meister Gildane sure does like some sexy rumors. You know, really I likes can't. to speculate about what happens among rich people having sex with each other behind closed doors. I love it. I love a good sexy rumor. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, and then this is right after this is when he declares uh area. Uh, Raina's daughter, his lawful heir. Mm-hmm. Um, and you had some uh, had some thoughts about. Um... I just think it's very progressive of him. Uh-huh. I think that's nice. I think that's a nice thing that he did. Right, but you also yeah. say like all the more reason to demonize him that like this. this oh gives, yes, like... yes. Because the the again the maester is writing this knowing he's going to be writing about the dance later in this book, mm-hmm. and he needs to make it clear that. A woman cannot inherit over a male right. in the family. Um, so the fact that Magor is so ready and willing to just be like, this one, the oldest girl, oldest twin, that's there, it is part of his demonization. Uh-huh. It's, you know, it's part of the fact that he he wouldn't name Jaharis his yep. heir. He could have. Right, he he could have said, he could have said, I'm naming, he could have called out into the world, Alyssa, I'm naming Jaharis my heir. Come to the come to the castle. He's my heir until I have a son. Like I'm I'm naming him in line to the throne. I'm not trying to kill you. Please come back. You know. Mm-hmm. He could have done that. But instead he named Arya and Arya, Arya, I can't say. I don't know how to say her name. Um doesn't matter. And I do think part of it's I mean, I th- I I genuinely think it was just pragmatic and like he needed to name an heir. He couldn't name someone who was on the opposite side of him in this like mini targaryen civil war that was happening mm-hmm. and the only one of the oldest child was a girl i would be really interested to see what he would have done if those twins had been a girl and a boy yeah right you know if there was a boy option would he have done that or would he have just picked mm-hmm. the oldest you know right. right yep yeah i think that um naming area his heir makes more sense because he would have kind of direct control over her Mm-hmm. In a way that he yeah. doesn't with Jaharis or Viserys mm-hmm. with either oh, of Alyssa's other kids. Or Viserys should, is already dead at this point. Yeah, we should mention that um, Reyna's daughters, she tried to put them in hiding, but... Uh, Tiana found them. Tiana found them. Mm-hmm. And that's probably part of the... That's another reason I don't think Reyna would have attacked Magor 
with a knife because right? he would have. Yeah. He's got our kids hostage. Yeah. He's got her kids off. And we know, one thing we do know absolutely for certain about Reyna is that she is desperate to protect her children. Yeah. And I don't think she would have done anything that put them Mm -hmm. in danger until she felt like she could get away with it. And when, and once she does act, it's to get away. Mm -hmm. She does not act directly against Magor. She runs, she gets away. Which, like, good for her. No judgment about that. She just doesn't strike me as someone who directly acts against Magor because she wants to protect her children who are in King's Landing at that moment. Right. Well, one of them to, is. To grab them. Area is there. Um, uh, yeah, is Rayella's... sent to Old Town to become a Septa. Right. Um, where she stays and definitely stays there. Yep. Does not ever Definitely stays. That's yep. where Rayella lives out the rest yep. of her life. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, we will come back to that. Um, but yeah, I feel like... Oh, yeah, so... Um, how do we feel about King Jaehaerys? He is the best. He's capable with sword and lance. Uh-huh. And he has a, a sister. Uh-huh. And he rides a dragon. And she rides a dragon. And he's just going to be great. Mm-hmm. He's like 14 or 15 at this point when they declare for 14. Him. Yeah. He's a handsome youth skilled with lance and longbow and a gifted rider. And rides Fermathor and his sister is 12 years old. Um, yep. And we know, literally, we know nothing about Jaehaerys except for this, except that he is good with the weapons of tourneys. Well, you gotta, you, we have to be, we learned from King Aenys. You gotta be martial. Gotta be martial. We need that martial. Uh-huh. Can't, can't do it without the martial stuff. Need yep. that. Um, I'm sure he'll be great. Right. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, I mean, the heir to the phone should definitely be Reyna, but, like, probably not a good idea right now, given that she is married to Magor, and also patriarchy demands that she cannot but be the no heir to one, the throne. No one ever declared for her. I mean, she's been an adult, uh-huh. and she was an adult chilling at Fair Isle, yep. and no one was ever like, let's declare for Reyna, like, nothing, uh-huh. which is insane. Yep. Um. Oh, she'd be such a good queen. She'd oh. be so good. So good. The other thing that stood out to me is, like, once... So that happens. Uh, Roger or Rogar or whoever you want to say this dude's name. I like I, Roger I just say, because it's I like a Roger. name. It's so funny. Roger Baratheon. Just the Baratheons, like, other than Oris, just have just, like, such normal-ass names. Yeah. Yeah, Roger yeah. and Robert. Yeah. Um, so B. Roger... I like that. We're going to call him Roger. So Roger Baratheon is, like, um, Jaehaerys... He's the he's the real king. Um, you know, everyone like Magor is a usurper. Um, he's got dark sister because Alyssa stole it. Very smart mm-hmm. of her. Um, yeah. and a bunch of people declared for him, and then and that's when Reyna runs away. So this is the preceding incident where Reyna is like, okay, tide's turning. Probably mm-hmm. a good time to get away. And I've got somewhere to go. Got somewhere to go. Right. Yeah um and tiana's already dead at this point um so she you know runs away on her dragon takes her daughter area steals blackfire um and what was interesting to me was that this sets up the maester never says so but this sets up a situation where you have another egg on the conqueror situation where you have a where oh, you yes, have egg, where you have jaharis and mm-hmm. an older sister and a younger sister 
And I am mm-hmm. wondering, though, the Maester never says so. I'm wondering if people thought that he would marry both of them. Like he should a, have. Like, you know, just uh, like like Aegon did. Like, should Jaehaerys yeah. not just have married Alysanne, but maybe also Reyna and married mm-hmm. both of them and done a whole, like, oh, yeah, three heads has the dragon again. We got three dragons yeah. again. We're the conquering again. Like, I'm literally doing my grandfather. Mm-hmm. That would have been that would have been a smart political move. Oh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I wonder why they didn't do that. Maybe because Magor taking multiple wives was such a big deal. I would, I just wonder if Reyna was like, "Look, I have already married one brother and then my uncle. I literally just want to go fuck my girlfriends. Can you please leave me alone?" Yes. <laughs> I don't want to marry you. I just Look. want my ladies. But Reyna would know that in that kind of situation where she's like, what, she must be like 10 years older yep. than, mm-hmm. uh, than Jaehaerys. She must know in that circumstance that like, she wouldn't have to like really actually, so it would be a political marriage. Right. She wouldn't have to like really spend a lot of time with oh. him or anything like that. Right. And like, she already has ch- kids. So right. they could just be like, oh, the heirs, oh, Allison had all the heirs, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Right. They so, could have, yeah. Yeah, so I have a feeling that no one proposed it. Uh huh. Yeah, I think the the polygamy thing only worked for the conqueror when he started, but after that, I mean, they just that was so forcefully rejected by Westeros. Mm-hmm. Plus, they're trying to get the incest thing through, as we'll see in later chapters with Harris and Allison. So right, right, they're gonna start a whole new PR campaign. Yeah, <laughs> a successful one. Uh-huh. They're they're the exception. Right, and I just think it's funny how quickly Westeros is like, sure. We'll take we'll take the the incestuous abomination over the guy who was murdering all of us. Suddenly, it's it's people are like, yeah, yeah, Jaharis, yes, Jaharis. Yeah. We'll take yeah. that one. So exceptional. <laughs> um, yeah, how willing you are to like suddenly change your political opinions when <laughs> when the last king was like murdering a bunch of small folk, you know? Yes. <laughs> Um, talk about wind vane lords for those of exactly. you who listen to uh to unabashed book snobbery. They're yes. they're just like the the lords are just like the lords in the north who are like who the king is whoever you said last. Right. The king is whoever stood up last time. Mm-hmm. Um so I feel like now that we're kind of coming to a close, we can say some things about who gets shafted overall. Yeah. Um uh I mean, Visenya, our girl Visenya, yep. is really shafted by this narrative because the text never acknowledges, never acknowledges. Mm-hmm. She's like, until Jaehaerys, because of how long he lives, mm-hmm. but po- I mean, possibly because he lives to uh, he lives to be in his 60s, she lives to be in her 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like the longest reigning ruler. Like, I it never even acknowledges that. She's just Aegon the Conqueror's wife. Yep. Yep. What the fuck? Yeah. And, so, like, so much of this section and the section we talked about last week, like, it's like Visenya is also here. Like, she's there. Yeah. But, like, but the text doesn't even recognize it. And it's like, she's clearly making decisions and involved. Yeah. And, like, the maester just refuses, mm-hmm. either intentionally or because he can't see it. Just, like cannot acknowledge that she's been in charge for a really long time and has been making yeah. so many of the best decisions that we see Magor make, I think we can attribute to Visenya. 
Oh, yeah. And then back in the day, all the best decisions Aegon was making. Yep. Visenya was making. I mean, like, and it's, it's, it's frustrating that the narrative is like that, but it's also, like, brilliant. Like, I get what, what Martin is doing, mm-hmm. you know? Um, it's not that the maester's actively being like, I'm gonna fuck, you know, fuck Visenya and we're gonna shaft right. her. The maester doesn't even think about it. Yep. Right. Like, it's so, and, like, that's so the point mm-hmm. of fire and blood. Yep. That's so the point of A Song of Ice and Fire is that your point of view bias it's insurmountable. You cannot overcome uh-huh. your point of view bias. Right. And nothing, you can't trust anything. Right. And it's kind of like the dramatic irony of Fire and Blood that like mm-hmm. the maester and all the lords are like, women can't be in charge. Women are bad mm-hmm. at being in charge. We, they can't rule. And it's like, okay, one, A, women have been ruling for a really long time. You just, you just couldn't see it because mm-hmm. your, your patriarchy doesn't allow you to, to imagine the fact that men are not the ones making decisions. Right. And B, so far, the best decisions in in ruling are being made by women. So not only are you wrong that women can't rule because they've been ruling all along, you are Mm. also wrong that they're bad at making decisions because they're the ones making the best decisions. Yeah, and I think this gets to our point about one of our overarching themes uh, that you've brought up is that, you know, how the patriarchy poisons everything you know the fact that it's like the the men under patriarchy have under particularly under this toxic patriarchy have to deal with all these extra elements that the women don't Mm -hmm. in the sense that like they have to be strong and martial and masculine and and you know all these things that have benefits to them because obviously they have more agency in that way but is also constraining and also confining Mm -hmm. and it's hard to see outside the box of violence when you're told that violence makes you manly you know and so yeah these political decisions kind of have to be made by the women just because of the way the patriarchy is structured Mm -hmm. and the the expectations of men yeah uh and you know that these things are seen as softer and weaker you know that it's like well we could go burn them or we could like send them a letter and ask them nicely to comply (laughs) you know that that's like you know it's when a dude does that i mean angus did that and everyone's like what a weak king Right, yes, right. He's just trying to not kill you. What's the problem? Right, and then Magor goes, like, in the other direction. Everyone's like, oh, what an asshole. Like, it, like the standards for right. men are also really difficult. Like, you have to be, like, violent but not too violent. Because if you're you too to violent, like then, you're, then you're the cruel. Right. Um, right. But you can't be nonviolent entirely because then you're, like, Aenys the weakling. Right, exactly. And I mean, as we get into the, the reign of Jaehaerys, we'll get into mm-hmm. uh, uh, more of these, these things. Um, but yeah, I think it, it definitely, the way that Visenya specifically is written about mm-hmm. is so to that, to, to the point of like how, how the patriarchy grinds people down. Um, and also I think to the theme that I, that I was interested in exploring overall, which is that disempowerment of women disempowers us all. Yes. I think that's kind of what happens with Visenya, mm-hmm. right? As she gets further and further from being the one directly in charge, mm-hmm. things get worse. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, that's just kind of blatantly on page, I think. Yep. Yeah, and yes. And then again, back to our theme of, like, the the, the other one that I was thinking about, which is, like, that the Targaryens are a microcosm of Westeros. Right. That, like, we see the Targaryen dynasty start to crumble <laughs> mm-hmm. when 
women are disempowered. When, mm-hmm. when, like, Visenya is no longer allowed to have power, then, like, things right. start to fall apart. Yeah. Um, things start to, you know, yeah, Magor starts to devolve. And, and which brings up the point that, like, what you were just saying about, like, masculinity and and the way patriarchy harms us all is, like, Magor also gets shafted by this version. Yeah. This version of the history turns him into an utter monster. Mm-hmm. Like, a, like just, like... As someone might say now, like, well, he's probably just a psychopath who was born that way, and there's no way that he could have been any different. Mm-hmm. But like, I, I, that's definitely how it's written. But I don't yep. think so. Yeah, right. And like, I think you and I have come up with a, with some pretty compelling reasons why, like, that's probably not what happened. Which is not to say that he was like a good person who never did anything wrong. Like, a, pff, he did some no. really terrible shit. But also, mm-hmm. he almost died. Um, mm-hmm. and had a TBI and potentially had someone in his life who was, like, provoking the worst, his worst impulses. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, and that version of the story isn't present on the text. Like, the, the version in the text is he's just, he's just an irredeemable monster. And, like, mm-hmm. that's not fair to him either. No, the, the, the way it's presented in the text is, like, the text is asking you as the reader to have no empathy for Magor. Yes. It's saying, have no empathy and don't try to connect with him at all. But if you if you try to, if you try to put yourself in his shoes and think about those sort of things, mm-hmm. again, not that he's a perfect person because he's not, mm-hmm. um, and he has cruel tendencies. Right. But if you think about him as a person as opposed to like an archetype, uh-huh. which is sort of how the maester is using him, uh, it's a lot. It's a lot more complex, mm-hmm. and I think a lot more realistic. I'll be interested to compare magor's rule to jaharis's rule yeah because jaharis does violence yeah and no one's ever like oh my god what a cruel king uh-huh. you know so it's like you know i want to see i want to see what kind of mm-hmm. what are we doing what are we doing exactly here right what's the situation um and i feel like we would be remiss without saying that this is where poor jane poor poxy jane poor oh. dies in this section and she yes. once again just like the barest description of her and it's just like come on she's so interesting they're they're gonna write they're gonna burn her because she's a witch right yeah it is yeah yeah um and they're about to burn her and the poor fellows and peasants burst from the woods Mm -hmm. to try to save her all of these people we don't know that they're all men right so so you know there could be women in there all of these people are following her so strongly uh-huh. that they they try. I mean, they all get killed and she dies too. Yep. But they all try to save her. What this it needs to this needs to be not a ten episode ten episodes of long a six episode miniseries. Yep. I mean, it'd be so interesting just mm-hmm. following like how Poxy Jane rose to power, and and she's once again you know, betrayed. Kind of like in the in the yep. sisters when we read that rebellion in the sisters where like the the woman was in charge and then like people betray her that like she's only brought down because it says three of her own followers who received pardons and knighthoods as a reward which tells me they're men yep oh yeah that like like men brought her down yeah she just seems like you know like an awesome kind of like um robin hood kind of eat the rich yeah and i want to know more about her and again the text is utterly uninterested in her unless it's talking about how she dies yes (sighs) poor poxy jane um poor one out poxy jane yeah before we kind of move on to themes there was just like um kind of one thing that i wanted to just call out here specifically it's a thing about martin that i find really uncomfortable um Mm -hmm. is that when we were talking about like that we didn't really get into the monstrous babies this time but like 
I feel like we we covered pretty well kind of what we think about it last episode. But in one mm. of the miscarriages, he talks about um, how the the baby that is born has, um, you know, both male and female genitalia. Mm-hmm. And one thing that bothers me about Martin, this is not the only time he does this, that he kind of consistently uses ambiguous or combined genitalia as a symbol for, like, monstrosity and deformity. Mm. Um, and I just want to say, that's really gross of him. And, like, yeah, I know that he's doing a symbolic thing here. Like, you know, mm. like, I, I, I have heard other people talk about the symbolism of it, of, like, you know, the dragons can be both, gen- you know, are, like, both genders and changeable as flame or whatever. And, like, I know that he's trying to do a thing about, like, kind of transcending gender i think i don't know Mm -hmm. like it i feel like there are people who have tried to make a case that he's trying to do some symbolism here and i'm like cool even if he's doing a symbolism part of that symbolism is still that having ambiguous anatomy is considered by the people in westeros to be a monstrosity yeah and martin in no way ever challenges that belief Mm-hmm. Um, and, is, have, yeah. and is in fact playing on that as a kind of symbolism and I find that to be pretty gross and I don't like it I agree with you completely um, I don't even think it is symbol- symbolic I don't think he thought about it that hard I think it's just that that's the kind of rumor mm-hmm. that gets spread mm-hmm. when you know until I mean like modern times we're beginning to understand what intersex is and un- understand that intersex people exist right uh that's the kind of rumor that gets spread just to disparage someone yep. whether they're a, a living adult person or whether they're you know a miscarried fetus mm-hmm. it's the kind of thing that it's like you know they're the, like they're 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 deformed they're strange they're not even human because they have like both genitalia right. it's like you don't know what you're talking about so right. yep mm-hmm. it's it's undoubtedly the kind of thing that was made up afterwards right uh, you know, how do, how do you even tell on on a, a miscarried baby that's miscarried in, like, the second trimester? I don't know if there even is any genitalia. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. know how you would know. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I don't, yeah, I don't know that you would could tell by physically looking. Mm-hmm. But that just strikes me as, I, I don't, I don't think he put that much thought into it. No. I don't think, I mean, that's very creative mm-hmm. for the people that have analyzed it as, like, it's a symbolic dragon thing. One, symbolic of what? Right. Two, what does it teach me? Right. Right. It's not worth it, ultimately. Right. Like, and whatever three, is there another way that you it. could do that? Like, is or there, is there a way you could, is there a way you could question it? You know, we don't have any characters that we know of. Mm-hmm. Uh, we still don't know how many point of view characters who are intersex in A Song of Ice and Fire. Right. Like, it could be a thing if you had that with a character and it was a commentary. Right. You know, you could do something like that. But that's not what, the story's not currently doing that. That's okay. He doesn't have to do everything. Right. But yeah, I agree. It's like it's a concept that's introduced that is disparaging, uh, that is never questioned. Yep. To the extent that it's questioned is we're questioning whether these these deformities even exist. Right. Right. You know. Right. And like whether or not we're wh- not questioning whether it should be considered monstru- monstrous. Yeah, because they're not. Right, and it's not right. even like a deformity, but like it's treated as yeah. both a dis- both a deformity. And, like, a sign that this is, like, a monster right. baby. And I'm like, none of those things are true. Like, this is not mm-hmm. a deformity. This is a thing that is within the range yeah. of human variability. It is a, it is a, 
You know, it's a small uh, percentage, but it is normal in the fact that it happens. Right, Also, exactly. we don't know that it happened here and is one of those rumor things. And it is always in Martin, always done as a way, as like a symbol of like deformity and monstrosity. Like always, right. like it never occurs in any positive way mm -hmm. um, throughout Fire it and Blood or really, Sunrise and Fire. It would be really interesting if there was, I mean, like, he, I know he started with these books in like the 80s, so this is mm -hmm. now something i mean he could still write he's still got however many more books left it would be really interesting to have a point of view character who was intersex mm -hmm. in this world right that would be fascinating mm -hmm. and 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 they would know these kind of stories right you know and like what happens like you know they were born and you know their their father just like their father and mother just said like we're we're just gonna roll with it basically mm. we're gonna we're gonna roll with it and we're not gonna like because i mean i imagine children in that in in that time is the wrong phrase because it's not a real time period but like a child born with anything that they would consider to be wrong could very easily be just like you know oh it died in the cradle kind of thing you mm -hmm. know and just be like you know infanticide all over the place or like oh it was a monster so we had to kill it and hit it with a shovel or whatever it is you know mm -hmm. and I I would love to see what how an intersex person would function right. in the patriarchy of Westeros. Mm -hmm. That would be fascinating. Yeah, Ugh. yeah. That's a really good point, though. I hadn't I hadn't thought about that with the way what he does with the dragon babies. Mm -hmm. Right, but it like it. This is not the first Targaryen miscarriage. You know, baby that will have this feature. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. and that it is always done as a way to talk about that they're somehow inhuman yeah um yeah. and and that's gross and we should and we should say that and and martin get no mm -hmm. excuses for martin on this this is just a like yeah. sorry martin this is bad you shouldn't do this yeah please stop please stop um so i guess to wrap things up we can talk a little bit more about symbols of power that we, we started this this talk last time um mm -hmm. with the dragons is like inheriting the dragons is like a symbol of power yes i love that i love that idea. and we can do the same thing with the swords mm -hmm. the valyrian steel swords uh, have serve that same function and we're seeing that in this section even more than last time mm -hmm. um because like um they also represent legitimacy especially like the valyrian steel swords in the targaryen line um and this will be mm -hmm. something that we see throughout that we can like kind of track like Who's getting Dark Sister and who's getting Blackfire? Like, that's really important. Mm -hmm. um, those things are, are really important for them. And also note that, like, unlike a dragon, what's interesting about a sword as a symbol of power under patriarchy is that it's going to be boys inheriting it. So this is a specific symbol yeah. of power that is masculine, entirely masculine. Which is so masculine. weird. It's so weird because Visenya started Dark Sister's Visenya sword. Mm -hmm. It's called Dark Sister, right? Right, but she's the you only know? woman that I that I can think of who actually wields it. Who wields it? Yeah, this is what I'm talking about with the disempowerment of women. Mm -hmm. I mean, you had you started with your your warrior dragon wife, and you end up with women who are so constrained by the patriarchy they're just like women of every other house. Mm -hmm. Right, right, but like that's why like the stealing of the swords in the section is so important. Because these are women mm -hmm. who recognize that this sword is a symbol of legitimacy, so yes. we have to we have to seize it. Like Alyssa, all the mm -hmm. the trappings of power, yes. or whatever. I forget the the phrase Julia used it. Uh, oh man, mm -hmm. I forget now. 
But yeah, it's like all the trophies of power. You need the sword, you need the crown, you need the coronation, you need the dragon, all the things that make make you think I'm in power. Yes. Right, which yeah. is what, yes. And, and in my notes I have, like, we yes. see this in House of the Dragon. This is why yes. when Alicent wants to have Aegon declared king, she gets Aegon the Conqueror's crown. She gets Aegon the Conqueror's sword. Because mm-hmm. people in Westeros think of these symbols as, like, representing legitimacy. And just mm-hmm. like a dragon, kind of the older it is and the closer it is to like the original person who held power the more legitimate it is like blackfire is going mm-hmm. to be more of a symbol of power than dark sister even though they're yes. both symbols of power if you have blackfire that's better than having dark sister like dark sister is right. better than having no valerian steel sword but blackfire is better yes and so those the, the the conqueror's sword the conqueror's blade mm-hmm. and the conqueror's crown like you know we all need though we all need a cat's paw dagger that has a magical inscription on it. I think we need we all need that in our Maybe lives. Maybe that was that yeah, was Rainy's dagger. <laughs> Could you imagine that was Rainy's dagger? <laughs> <laughs> Aegon's no! got Blackfire and Visenya's got Dark Sister and Rainy's has a cat's paw dagger with yes. a prophecy on it. She's like, wait, I have an idea. We could put the prophecy here. Uh-huh. Right. Visenya was like, okay. Whatever <laughs> sure. You, sure. That's fine. Aegon was like, it's a great idea, sweetie. Let's do it. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> um, so what do you think, why do you think Martin is playing with that so much in terms of, like, the symbols of power and, like, the passing down of these swords and things like that? Um, at least symbolically to me, what feels the most interesting is the way that they represent, um, like, entitlement. That they can be used mm-hmm. to, like, symbolically represent inherited power as generating the sense of patriarchal entitlement like well mm-hmm. i have the dragon and the sword and the crown therefore i have a right to power and i'm like you just have some things right those are just objects you have some objects yeah. like you don't actually have power you just have an Ooh. object that people think of has power it makes me think of when Varys um and illyrio are talking about like or no it's Varys and um Tyrion are talking about where power resides. That power yes. resides where men think it does. And in right. Westeros, power resides with with dragons. I mean, that like makes sense. Because it's like literally. Yeah. Well, there are some things that are like literally powerful, like dragons. A sword is literally powerful, and then like I can cut I can hurt you right. with it. I have the power over you in that sense. But shit like crowns, right? Castles. Right. And that like, matters. This is just like visuals, yeah. Because like which crown is also more important kind of like Aegon the conqueror's crown is like more legitimate than like Aenys's fancy golden crown with the crystals of the faith of the seven um mm-hmm. and like this becomes a thing and like as you know the targaryen dynasty continues like there become multiple crowns yeah. and now in the same way that there are now multiple swords that can represent legitimate power but the mm-hmm. most power is Aegon the conqueror's crown if you have that, then it's like, well, if you have the Which crown, is... then you must be in charge. And it's one of those silly things where you're like, he, you just have a circle of metal that someone right. wore a hundred years ago. You just have a fancy hat. Yeah. <laughs> we, can all, we can all have a fancy hat if we want. It's not that special. It's it's crazy to me that you're like totally right, Blood, that Blackfire would have more legitimacy. When Dark Sister was wielded by the woman who ruled Westeros the longest. Mm-hmm. Ugh, I'm gonna tear my hair out over this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, if you really want a sword that represents symbolically the most power that anyone has ever held in the realm, 
It's Dark Sister. It's Dark Sister. It's Dark Sister, hands down. Uh huh. But like, hands no down. one's gonna see that because they they associate swords with martial prowess and thus with men, and also, you know, everyone knows that Aegon is in charge. <laughs> Aegon was the best warrior king. Mm-hmm. He was so warrior. And so king. Right. All the time. Right. And all also, time, like, there's symbolism in the fact that, like, Aegon the Conqueror's crown is not pretty. Like, they, yeah. they also, like, this uh, this has to do with the, like, jock and nerd dichotomy that yes. Martin plays with this, like, well, if you wear the pretty crown, you're probably not as, as you know, powerful as a king as if you wear the one that, like, is made out of black iron and has yes. rubies in it with that's bloody. You don't, you know, you're not wearing the, like metal head do you get it it's fire and blood yes yeah you got the pretty one oh you get to wear the goth crown yeah the goth crown and the pretty crown the barbie and the oppenheimer crown there you go two genders i just like i like to imagine the two genders barbie Barbie and oppenheimer Oppenheimer. (laughs) i like to imagine all the kings with the eyeliner now yes their goth crown their goth eyeliner yes absolutely um and then one other note about uh, symbols of powers. This is the section where we finally see Magor is replacing the Scepter of Remembrance. Yes. Yes. Um, so we're getting that. I pointed, I alluded to this kind of, I think in our first or second episode, that like the the system where we have like the three symbols of power in Westeros, of mm-hmm. like you have, um, you know, the three hills of King's Landing, you have Rainy's Hill, you have Visenya's Hill, and then you have Aegon's, Aegon's Hill. And like, so one of them has the throne, one of them has the Sept, of Baylor, or you know, eventually it was called the Sept of Baylor, but one of them has a Sept, and then the other one has the Dragon Pit. And it's mm-hmm. under Maywar that we get to see these three, and these are like the three locuses of power in Westeros. Is you've got religion, you've got your dragons, and you've got the actual gamer chair, fancy gamer chair yes. that the person sits on. <laughs> Does he finish the Dragon Pit? I, for, I don't think the text says I don't think he finished, it. like, I know he starts it, but does he no, finish I think, yeah, it? Yeah, I think. I don't think he finishes it. I think Jaehaerys finishes it. Yeah. But yeah, he's but yeah. he's now like laying the foundation that like and it's and it is interesting that he's replacing what was a religious site with now a dragon site. Right? It's like you thought you had a sept, but guess who you guess who you should really be praying to. Yeah. Yeah, you thought you had two septs. Yeah. You thought it was like yeah. you know, the iron throne and two septs, but I'm sorry. One of your septs mm-hmm. has got to go, and I'm going to replace it with what we all know is the real power in Westeros, which is dragons. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. It's just like a very visible, visceral reminder of like what where power resides. And the fact that all three things are on three hills, you know, they're physically above mm-hmm. where everyone lives. So like, they, I mean, even in A Song of Ice and Fire, they describe people looking up and seeing mm-hmm. the Red Keep and stuff like that. Right. It's like, they're good. The, the Targaryens know how to do their... They know how to do their symbols of power. Uh huh. They do. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Maybe that's why they're so into like saying this, the doing the seven thing. Is they're like, look, yeah. we understand symbols of power, and if you two, if y'all like like seven as a symbol of power, then fine, we'll, we'll do roll a symbol with of it. power. We'll roll with it. That's fine. <laughs> but yeah, like we are seeing more and more like just tracing these like the way that that the Targaryens are using symbols to represent power, and I think what Martin is doing, um, you get to a point where like. Yeah, other than the dragons, I mean, it's just kind of, like, silly. Like, you wear a fancy hat, and you get yeah, to be in charge. Yeah, look at my fancy hat. I have the in charge hat. Mm-hmm. What's the problem? Right, and even swords is like, well, but, like, lots of people have swords. 
Yeah, but the thing with the hats, it's so funny, is that, like, because we imbue meaning to them, like, in House of the Dragon, when Damon crowns Rhaenyra, mm-hmm. like, that's a beautiful scene. I cried the first yeah. time I saw that scene. Uh-huh. You know? Right. And he was just putting a fancy hat on her. It was... Right, right. <laughs> but I was like, oh my god, she's wearing her father's crown, you know? Right, and, like... like- yeah, as much as I make fun of it, because I'm like, oh, this is just, like, this is all fake. None of this is real. Yeah. But it is both fake and real. Like, it's fake in that, like, there's no objective essence to any of this. There is nothing that says, mm-hmm. like, wearing a fancy hat actually makes you in charge. But our emotions are yes, real about it. It is yeah. real because we as humans, like, believe in the power of symbols and right. invest our attachments to symbols. So that, like, talking about power this way makes me think of the ways that, like, you know, gender's not real. Race is not real. None mm-hmm. of these things are real. Like, we've made them up. That's what that's what people mean when we talk about, like, gender is a social construct. Like, mm-hmm. there is anatomical and biological differences between bodies. Mm-hmm. You know? Bodies are different. Every body is different from every other body. Every physical body. Right. But, like, that doesn't mean anything inherently. Mm-hmm. But, like, mm-hmm. it has an impact and it has power in our society because we believe that it does. And that's right. part of what Martin is playing on here. Like, these symbols don't actually mean anything. They don't mean, mm-hmm. like, a crown is just a crown. It's just a fancy hat. Like, a sword is just a piece of metal that you can cut things with. Like, mm-hmm. they're not, they don't have inherent power, but people believe it does. And so right. it has the power to shape this society because everyone is believe has bought into this version of reality this version of what society should look like and i think what he's doing with it one of the things he's doing with it is by the time you're reading fire and blood you almost certainly have read a song of ice and fire Mm -hmm. so you know that all of these targaryens it all ended up being moot because right the the dynasty fell Mm -hmm. so it makes you question like why do we believe in this? Right. Like, this is obviously not absolute because the dynasty did fall, right? Mm-hmm. And it makes you question, like, your own reality and your own, like, why does this feel, why is this legitimate? Why is this not legitimate? Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of stuff, which I think is the point he wants you to think about. Yep. Yeah. Big brain. Big brain shit. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. What is real? Uh-huh. What is real? Right. Yeah. What What is real? And, like, that's, you know, that's where the quote about, like, power resides where men believes it does is like he's saying yeah. a real thing there that like yeah he's not saying that power isn't real like power is real power is real because we believe that it's real but he's saying we make it up right and yes so like we you, make it up so you have control over you 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 all have we we all have some control and agency over our world because we as a collective make it up mm-hmm. so if you want to like you know if you are born female and assigned to the role woman uh-huh. and you decide you don't want that or maybe you don't want woman the way society says woman yep you can you can question that and you can do it differently there there are no absolute rules about it mm-hmm. you know you how ha- you can live how you want to live don't be con- don't be con- basically the, the-, the theme is don't be constrained by the patriarchy yeah you know uh-huh. boom <laughs> so i think we thoroughly took that uh 10 pages apart <laughs> Yes. Yeah, we're coming up on a long episode this time. Yeah, it's fine. It's good. It's fine. So what do we want to do for our next one? So listen, the next chapter is like, it would be weird to split it, I think. Yeah. It's a little bit longer than what we normally read. It's got Um, some big pictures in it. Yeah, you're right. It does have some pictures in it. I think we should should just do the next chapter. Mm -hmm. Prince into King, the Ascension of Jaehaerys I. Uh Uh-huh. 
And that would be from page 107 to page 123 in the book. So that's that whole chapter. Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. Cool. And then, yeah, because then we can probably split up the next chapter after that. Oh, there's some really pretty pictures in this. Yeah. I didn't realize how beautiful the pictures were in this. Um, so, yeah, so I think for our next episode, guys, we'll do the next chapter, Prince and the King, The Ascension of Jaehaerys the First. Mm -hmm. uh, Gretchen, we should reach out to our good friend Musa. <gasps> Because I know he's interested in talking about Jaharis. I'm just not sure what part. Yeah, we should ask Jaharis him where reign. he wants to come on. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah, I think that'd be good. So, in closing out, everyone, thank you so much for listening to our exceptionally long podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, and until next time, remember, if people think the murder weapon is magical, then you have plausible deniability. <laughs> right, right. And for those of you who like Pride and Prejudice... I, I created this next one just for you. Mm -hmm. It is a truth universally acknowledged that a barren king in possession of a large fortune, but no son, must be in want of a wife. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that one. <laughs> All right, guys, we'll talk to you next time. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Bye. recording let's see how loud it, how loud is crunching i can't really hear it it comes up a little bit nothing crazy i'm sure it'll be fine right okay is it my turn yes it oh, is your shit. turn should i just take granola right. <laughs> i could do it i could do it professional podcast <laughs> get the get the get the dry crunching out of your mouth before you talk yeah, but then just crunchy like, hello, welcome, yum, yum, yum. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the Granola Podcast. <laughs> uh.